that died in negative sex choice. We we hot mic, but you know. Keep going. <laughs> hey, carry on. Yeah, you know. But yeah, so I think that's good. But I don't know. The list is overblown. That's gonna be a good wild card weekend. <laughs> Let's go find some safer territory over here in the fairway. <laughs> I think we're good. No, 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 we good. Yeah. Uh, just went live. Just started up. Yeah. So I'm just checking, make sure. I'm on it. Oh, I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Yeah. I gotta get a new phone, man. This Android has been failing me lately. You're like the last man with an Android. <laughs> nah, I got an Android. Don't do that. You're like the only dude with an iPhone. You could have kept it quiet, man. Oh, wait, you're Android too? I'm proud of my Android. You can't even see? Yeah, but I got a real Android, though. I don't got them cheap shit. Bryce, we're out number three to two. I have the shit the iPhones want to be, bro. We're the minority. Bryce, we're surrounded by dinosaurs. I've got proud Android users, man. Now, listen, iOS kept me from keeping it iPhone's always behind on shit that I needed to not be. Uh, yeah. You guys believe in Elon Musk and his world that he's bringing in? <laughs> what is he doing? New World Order. It's a colorless thing, man. The New World Order. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you, man. Why, why can't you I? Know uh, if I don't see you when you're done, I'll holler at you. Uh, you're heading you know out? Not yet. Not yet. My son took my car, so I got to catch a ride. Okay. Yeah, um, did you find it on yours? No, I don't I'm still struggling. Find what? The show. Okay, the show? You oh. trying to share it? wasn't even on that. I, I showed him the, no, uh, was the page on, uh, earlier. You can find it else. Who's else on the list? He was on Tinder, man. No. It's not my It's not my cup of tea. It's not your cup of tea. Hey, man, don't, don't, you know. Love is a big dating don't app. Ta- guy. Don't take a You're piss on Tinder, app, man. Guy, man. Yeah, that's, that's where we get these Haitian girls. That's where we get a lot. Of our, <laughs> <laughs> where we get a lot of our content. <laughs> you find these Haitian girls? I found a couple on there, but you know I'm in the trenches, man. So I, I found them out and about. I found it. Yeah, man. I'm not getting any of them. All right, here we go. Yeah, man. Out and about. I learned, man. The 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 the, the you know the Haitian fried fish. A lot of people that's love. Good, a lot of people love the Jamaican. Fried fish, man, but I, I prefer. Now nah, we got better dishes. In Japan, I think so. Not your love. The black black rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, what you mean? know what's going on. I'm not a pork guy, but I hear a lot of good things about you know. <laughs> it's what it is, man. Pork. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you know. You've been the you've been the Bon Appetit man on the Orange Blossom Trail OBT. They tell me no, but the best I can't say because I haven't been to Bon Appetit, right? But mm-hmm. the best Haitian food spot to me is on Colonial. It's um. I, I have the name down in my phone, but you right, ever so been? You it's move, like a small shop. Move back toward Creole Cafe. Creole Cafe. You been? No, there? I've, I've been, been there. I've been to Creole Cafe, but that's the light skinned lady that runs it. Shit, I don't know. I know. Yo, you got it. Nice put, put the stuff on. I'm in there. Oh, he's in there. Do I need to put this on? Yeah, you can. You don't have to. Okay. Yeah. It's not better than Jamaica food. You got to chill out with that. No, it is. It is. It is. It is. It's, it's more flavor. And also, because first, it's first outnumbered with the iPhone, and now, <laughs> now he's trying to defend Jamaica. So many Jamaican food spots, right? You got the. It's watered the, down. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. that's a reality. Yeah, yeah. No, you in the Haitian restaurants, they'll be cutting with the onions <laughs> in the back. It's just, it's, it's not authentic. Real. Most yeah, you'll find probably over eighty percent of Haitian spots are really authentic. Yeah, it's hard yes, to find. Sure. A, it's hard to find a just a generic. In Orlando, though, I think 
there's not there's not really to know that. I mean there's not enough Haitian restaurants to be not generic. There's no like brand. Yeah. Bon Appetit they have two locations. I know that. Goddamn yeah. sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> Success, man. God forbid Success. they open a third. Yeah. <laughs> but they're good. I'm telling Might you. Might as well be McDonald's. What? That's, that's good, man. I mean, Griot's good. I tried that. Hmm? Griot? How you, you say you it? How you say it? That's, that's, that's what right. the port. That's why I it's say I'm not a port, port guy. But, that shit is good. But yeah, I hear everybody say it's, it's crazy good. The macaroni, too. You got to have Haitian I need macaroni. to try Lagoon. That's the so. one thing I, I can't get down. But what is it? What is I haven't. I can't try it because the way it looks. Right. The man is some. Oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah, I just. What's the secret ingredient in it? Like, let him tell him. It's, it's mayonnaise in it. There's ketchup in it, but you can't see. It. You, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like macaroni. No, you can't. You can't, you can't see it though. You yeah, can't it see it. Like no, no, you can't see but it. I'm telling you, just go, just try it. Go. I don't doubt Lord. Now I'm gonna try. I'm gonna text you that. Address, I'm so a franchise can. only guy, man. I see this. I see yeah, it. yeah. You trying to get sponsorship right now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one that you gotta explain is that spaghetti with hot dogs cut up in it. You know that. That's, no, that stuff is good, man. Nah, I don't eat it though. To be, yeah. I used to eat it back in the day when that I was like me. Back in the day, shit. and I used to that eat meat. Nah, it's before good, you man. before it's you good. made it big. Listen, some baby food, man. But nah, that's that's don't classic. Off, that's man. classic Haitian breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> that that does that sound like something you'd feed a toddler. It's literally cut up hot dogs and spaghetti. Yeah, I was gonna say you feed that to like a toddler. Hell no. You must go to a lot of Haitian. You gotta. I try it a lot. To be honest, how, why did you go to some? You have a Haitian girl or something? I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, I mean, that's no. I'm just saying you. You she know a lot. A me. You know no, a just, lot of. I just spoke a Caribbean food. That's low key one of my top. You top just foods. randomly just put that on on GPS. I maps. mostly get Jamaican food, but on Uber Eats, I get a little uh, Haitian food on me around here. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. You need to go to. I'm telling you, go to Bon, bon Appetit, Appetit before you leave here. You right. haven't been I'm there. A, I'm gonna try it out too now. No, there's, you there's need to go. That's the best. He's only got about. he's only got about. He's only got about 15 hours left. Yeah. And I ain't stopping her on the way home. <laughs> hey, Haitian spaghetti. That's 12, just one. get there by 12 o'clock. Yeah. They'll, they'll hook you up. They'll yeah. hook you up. I'll come and stop by 8 p.m. And send a text to your DM. Buy honey for your fucking hair. Two honey for your fucking nails. Start that over. You want me to pull up? I'll come and slide by 8 p.m. And send a text to your DM. Buy honey for your fucking hair. Two honey for your fucking nails. You running out of shoes to wear. So I bought you another pair. Got you another dress So bring your ass up down them stairs I buy you shit because you rare Impressed because you know I care Bitch, you know you love it here That's why you keep on coming there Your nigga can't compete, I swear He tried but now he look too weird, baby I'll come and slide by 8 p.m. Send a text to your DM Funny for your fucking hair Too honey for your fucking nails You running out of shoes to wear So I bought you another pair You running out of shoes to wear So I bought you another pair 
Coming slow by 8 p.m. And send a text to your DM. Finally for your fucking nails. Too early for your fucking nails. You and your naughty shoes to wear. So I bought you another pair. Like even when they they kind of propagate it when they're from somewhere, you know what I'm saying too? Because it makes them also feel like yeah, tougher or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. All right, welcome back, guys. You are back on the bench on the bench podcast with Bubba and Pink, home of sports, music, and mayhem. We are available on all, and I do mean all podcast streaming platforms, including here on YouTube. Please like, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. All right, we have uh, Coach Darnell in the building. You're doing a little bit more than coaching these days, though, right? Right, well, you no. know, I'm a little, a little bit, bit, you know, a little bit of everything, ownership, a little bit of this, carry a lot of hats with me. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I thought he was also a Haitian food critic. <laughs> <laughs> Unofficial. Yeah. He's going to start his own blog page. And He's going to have know. the Haitian restaurant Zagat. <laughs> Haitian men are a little bit of everything. You got to learn. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We, we, we've had uh, Bubba, two. Bubba, be careful. It's your competition. We've had two Haitian women callers in, and they haven't had a lot of Positive nice things to say. say about you guys. So that's nice. We have a. Good, strong Haitian man in the building. It's about time. With his head on the show. <laughs> Fuck Reggie. <laughs> I'm going to clip that out and send it to him. Yeah. <laughs> and do you want to present yourself uh, uh, outside other than Pink Jr., what I have here on the, uh, yeah, it's Pink in the Jr., description? Y'all didn't know what it is. <laughs> My debut. Y'all going to know what it's all about. Brian Pink's son, soccer player, former, former player of Darnell. Saved his legacy. <laughs> I might, I might, legacy. I might have to add that. It's true. <laughs> and um, of course, we got a lot of good things to talk about, as always. Um, breaking news earlier Nick Saban is, has retired, decided to retire here. We have uh, Coach Spo getting a big contract extension after a major uh, <laughs> life, life achievement. Life achievement. Uh, the NBA is headed to Netflix. Um, NFL playoffs Wait, is man, around really? the corner. Yeah. Oh no, a show. I got okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, I'm just trying to tease it a little bit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get there a little later. But we'll get there a little later. Gotta tease the the women first, man. Uh, okay. Shout out to our women listeners. <laughs> we do have quite That's a few, y'all, man. <laughs> Bryson, you got a comment for the lady listeners? Matter of fact, That's our first, y'all, man. our first one has commented. Good evening, fellas. Yes. Good evening, Ebony. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Her name Ebony. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy Don't Green. know about them ones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I usually start to show off with something. You know, I just been thinking about uh, uh, my thoughts here. You know, something um, a, a a terrible thing happened in in Orlando uh, last weekend, downtown Orlando. W- one of the reasons, like my cousin hit me up uh, for New Year's. Like uh, I asked him what he was doing. He's like, "Yeah, I'm going downtown." I was like, "Oh right, well, yeah, you can go by yourself, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on that, man." And um, and and. A guy was uh, was murdered. A lot of people know him in the, in the city of Orlando. And uh, the reason I won't say his name, of course, a lot of people know, and you can look it up and things like that. But, you know, they're still investigating, but there's a heavily rumored story that is going on. And that led me to thinking because what they're saying is is that he got into an argument with someone. And, um, again, this is a, a rumored story. I don't know this to be true. Um, but it just goes to what I was thinking. And he was arguing with this with this guy. 
Um, and this guy, you know, had the lady with him, his girlfriend with him, and got the argument got heated, and um, he spit on the the girl, the the the, the guy's girlfriend, and um, and that led to him being shot and killed and things like that, right? And um, so it led to me Wait, thinking. Wait, the, the shooter spit on the girl or the deceased? Spit the deceased. On the girl? Okay. The, the the deceased again, heavily rumored. I did yeah. not know that to be true. Uh, it's not in the news, and I wasn't there. But and 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 also, that's not even my leading point here. My leading point is, you know, I wonder as like a man, when you do get into an altercation, or when you see it about to be heading into an altercation, when is when is it time, and is it time? Is there a time to just dip out? You know what I mean? And say if you do have your girl there or if you do have friends there, does your ego come into play? When is it when is it really time? Because we, you know, you know, you have the ego at play. You have the to to testosterone at play. You got all these things at play. And, and we can sit on the sideline and we can decipher what should have been done, what should have been done. But like when you're in that place, you know, what what can be done? And also we're in a place now where. Not too many people are just fighting and, and going home and, and watching Netflix that night. <laughs> They're shooting. And and even if they do fight, you beat this guy up, this guy might still, the, the guy that got beat up might go to the car and come back and shoot you just because you beat him up. It's a, you know, it's a wild place now, you know. Yeah. So, you know, what do you guys stand on that? Is it, you know, when it's altercation time? But. My thing is, there's a guy on uh, Jocko Willink. He's like one of those special forces guys. He's on a lot of podcasts now. Like he literally said, the the first thing that you should do when a fight is coming is run. Mm. He goes, as long as you have freedom of movement, move away. There's nothing really to be gained. And yeah, that's a guy who could kill lots of people. Probably has, you know. And he's saying like at the end of the day, getting out of that situation and living another day is more important than, you know taking that out of your hands and putting it in somebody else's, whether it be ego or, you know, or whatever motivates you to continue and engage in that fight mm. because they're unpredictable situations. And a lot of times there's situations that never end. Like, you know, you have the fight, maybe you get the better of the guy, then he wants to shoot you. Now you're, you know, walking around town unsafe or with security and all that. And you, you enter a realm that's just mentally and physically exhausting and draining, you know, um, tactically, uh, purely tactically, uh, a one-on-one -on -one fight is usually not a good idea. I mean, if you want to get rid of somebody, element of surprise. Walk away then, come back and fire later. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I was like, where's it going with that? But, no, I'm right. not going to. Why would I attack you from the front when you're aware I'm attacking? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, And what yeah. you were just saying about like how, you know, if you run away, like I think there's also a culture where like if you do run away, Especially if you're in that kind of lifestyle, you kind of get like that social pressure of like, why'd you run away? Like, you'll get clowned and shit like that. Yeah. And like, that's why a lot of people feel like they have to do something then and there. For sure. Because the, the noise and the Instagram post that comes afterwards. But the, the thing is, is like, I mean, it's almost like read like Sun Tzu and stuff like that. Like, you, that's not the way to do that. You don't want to attack strength. You want to attack weakness. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no and rules. And so in this you're really shit, just though. kind of naive and stupid if you're going to allow ego or what other people are going to say about you dictate the terms in which you engage in a fight. But that's that goes to to his point and to your point, meaning that that's a higher level of thinking you're thinking about. Well, I'm not here to be an idiot, Darnell. Yeah. I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, I, I you don't. know, hey, if the unwashed masses want to make bad decisions, I, I can't agree. stop it. I agree. I mean, I, we're, I'm here to try and educate. Yeah, I agree because I mean that's why. I, 
avoid, you know, confrontation at all costs. Unless because... somebody calls you on the phone. Twitter warrior. I mean, you know, my, out Creole. my personal opinion <laughs> is, you know, I avoid that stuff because I know that the extent that I'm willing to go. So I that's why I avoid it. Because yeah. I know that I don't want to put myself in a scenario to where I just had an incident not too long ago, not in terms of a confrontation, but somebody that I was with and they were doing things that I thought was a little irrational. Um, and I just told them that you need to stop doing that because you're going to put yourself in a scenario to where that I'm going to have to defend you. And if I have to defend you now and for you, it's OK, because you're not really thinking that deep. But I know already that and it was a guy walking around with a teardrop in his eye right <laughs> and then this guy's walking around with a teardrop in his eye and then this person is telling me how well you don't that could just be fake and i'm like look that could be fake that could be <laughs> but, but, chance but the chance is not and i know already if he's serious then i have to now deal with that scenario yeah. and i know where i'm willing to go but i don't want to go there because i have training tomorrow you know what i mean <laughs> and i have my family so yeah, if yeah. i have to do all this so you know, yeah. people that are serious they think like what you're talking about yeah those other guys who are not serious someone spits on you you shoot them in the face now you're facing life in prison and that's really co what it comes down to but Bingo. most people that are leading that culture that bryson's talking about they don't think like the yeah. ones who are just going to be shooting people in the face and end up in prison. That's why they have other people doing that stuff. Yeah, right, you know right. what I mean? That's that's really the reality of it. Yeah. And so that culture is led by, it's a foolish culture, but usually the ones that are pushing that energy, they don't. They think more like um, Brian's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now uh, you got a guy, Kinsley. Shout out to Coach Pink. Always, oh, yeah. He's, uh, I, I believe Kinsley's Haitian. Always best Wednesday to leave. Got, oh, Kenzie Hilaire? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always best to leave. Got too much to lose. <laughs> yeah, that's that. a good comment for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so what if you're on the other side of that, right? And say you are the guy and you're with your girl in downtown. Yeah. Oh, not, not downtown, just anywhere, all right? And there is a guy, and he does somehow violate your girl, spit on her, shove her, How's whatever. the girl been acting lately? <laughs> but that goes back to the same point though you know like there's also a pressure like if someone does something to your girl yes, you gotta take the, you gotta take pressure. it even further you know and sometimes your girl's the one that be yeah i mean i think brian covered it i mean <laughs> if, it really, if it really comes down to that then you gotta think about you know you know how are you gonna get at him in another way i'm gonna but, choose to release you back to the streets now lady <laughs> But yeah, because if you don't do nothing, she's leaving you. No, you gotta you gotta understand that. No, that's why I'm saying. No. How good is she behaving no. at the moment? What I'm saying is, if you gotta to his original point, meaning that if someone really comes at you in that kind of way, you just gotta wait your turn. Meaning that I can't do this on you know CCTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gotta just wait. Is, my is time. she gonna understand that? That's not up to her because <laughs> she's not the one putting hey, it on the line. Man. You, 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 you let me know when you find a woman that understands anything. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine a way that you could actually leave that situation after you get spit on? You know like, what I mean? Like, what I do you can't do? Like, just wipe that shit off and just start walking away? Or, I mean, you got to do something. That's why, that's why a gentleman should have a handkerchief. <laughs> oh my God. Shit. I you, couldn't you imagine that. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know, know how that de-escalates. Yeah, you got to be I, bigger than your emotions when you're serious. Exactly. Yeah. You got to be bigger yes. than your emotions. Yes. You got to learn. There, there's a phrase that talks about. Um, the man who holds the power is because he bends low enough to raise it. You see what I'm saying to you? So you got to learn to bend yourself low. So in that moment, you got to be bigger than that moment to know you're going to come back and get that person. And that's really it. 
that sounds like a lot of Martin Luther, man. And I got a lot of Malcolm in me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, like a, like a, but even by the end, Malcolm had changed. Yeah, he had changed, I guess. And right before famous. they shot him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so maybe he shouldn't have changed. <laughs> Stay dangerous. But, but no, but I, I like a one on one thing. I understand. I could be the bigger man. I could leave even if, even in front of a crowd or anything. You know what I'm saying? It, whatever, man. You got this. Okay, I'm with. I'm this. I'm that. Yeah, you got it. But like, yeah. But a girl and the girl scenario. That's that's that is different, man. I don't. I honestly don't know. How I would react, and, and I don't think no one would until they get in that situation. But that is a different fucking. Scenario. And there's like an element that you have to think about, like your protective instincts react at that yeah. point. You're not even thinking about you, but like if some, like if someone attacks your little brother or somebody like this, like your immediate instinct is just to protect or do something. So like there's like that natural animalistic thing, which kind of goes to the point when you're talking about the guy you were with and he's acting irrationally, and then mm-hmm. you felt. I may have a duty to protect this yeah. person. There's actually a woman. Who woman, acting, okay. Yeah, man. who is acting. Assume you're hanging out with a dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> Little gaydy, bro. <laughs> but nah, um, but. but yeah, I mean that, that's yeah, that's that's a fair point too. Um, yeah, you know, the um. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's complicated for sure. I mean, you just shouldn't get in that situation. I mean, like you said, you're not you're not the type of person that ever get in that situation. No, I, 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 why no, you're thinking real. about that. But we're talking about people that you know they they live a certain type of way that they kind of attract that energy. But that's that comes yeah. To I mean, that's why like, if you are that type of person and you live in that sort of way, I don't always have a lot of sympathy for it. Yeah, it that's just, true. You know, it's kind of like you know, okay, you know, this you project this way. And sometimes the chickens come home to roost. There was a guy, I, I, he was a couple years younger than me. He was an asshole. And I knew, like, from the days we were playing pop on a football, he was an asshole. And years later, like, I don't know, either late teens, early 20s, he got shot in the face and killed. And I was kind of like, good move. Like, we got rid of him. It, it's okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's... He always takes we, on a little, like... We you think he's going to say something? And we then he just goes straight to this, We didn't know? lose anything of value in this mm. transaction. You know, we lost an obnoxious guy who finally, you know, the chickens came home to roost for him. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep him Malcolm. Yeah, I remember, uh, remember Brand Nubian's Lord Jamar. And he was talking about that. He said in the beginning of his career, they was, used to walk around with guns and do all this stuff. And he said at one point, he's like, dude, I just stopped doing that. Because he said, I'm not pushing that kind of energy. And he goes, it never, you know, I never had any issues. But he said, I know a lot of guys, they're walking around all these guns. It's also a projection because you have, you need to have all these guns because what you're pushing out. You know, I always tell people all the time because, you know, Haiti is known as a dangerous place, but I don't feel endangered. And I'm in the real areas in Haiti and I don't Mm -hmm. feel endangered because I'm not pushing that kind of energy. And I'm not saying something can't happen. And I'm very aware of my environment. But at the same time, I'm not pushing that kind of energy. So I don't feel like I'm going to bump into people that I have that I somehow find the good inside the environment. I'm not finding those people that are attracting that. And if it does come, like I said, you got to be smart enough to understand. You got to read the scenario and know that is this time to act or is this time for me to fall back and I need to act later. You know, if it's that serious. Reading the scenario, that's a very good point. Because even in this uh, situation I'm talking about, like, you know, if you if it's a stranger, you don't know this person. Like, I'm I'm not having a heated argument mm-hmm. with anybody, especially a fucking stranger, mm-hmm. and especially not long enough for you to even spit on my girl, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you mad, I fucking hit your car on the way out, or or I, it, whatever, uh, or you think I'm staring at you, whatever the case may be, man. 
I'm not. I'm just not finna engage in a fucking long argument yeah. with you. With, with anything can happen in the course of this time. So yeah, you're right. You got to read the scenario for sure. But I, the, to the gun thing, and because that's that's one of my big things that yeah, we I've talked a million about you know, not being a Second Amendment guy. But I think that when people are armed like that, it gives an energy. And it, and it, it also fuels like an insecurity that you have these weapons that that you have some deficiency that you're willing to use them about. I also think it's one of the major issues in, in, in with law enforcement. We have a, almost a militarized law enforcement, particularly in urban areas. And that mentality, they're taking the street armed to the teeth like that's different than taking the street without a gun. You have to behave differently. You have to move differently. And, you know, when we arm ourselves, we're inviting armed conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, at some point you have all the arms. Something's got to happen with them. I've never seen I've never seen anybody. And I know a lot of people with a lot of guns and I've never seen anybody with a lot of guns thinking that I just have these guns as, you know, just they they always feel like something is going to happen. (laughs) My my father grew up in the inner city in a rough inner city kind of life. And the reason he said he didn't carry a gun is because he realized when he carried the gun, he always felt like, I may need to use this yeah, gun. Yeah. And that's actually why he stopped carrying it, because he said that it just gave me this thing like, well, I'm carrying this for a reason, yeah. compared to where if he has a conflict before, he's just going to get into words or whatever it is. And he was pretty hot-tempered. But he said that's why he stopped carrying it, because he knew, I'm going to use this eventually. Yeah, And so, I think that's interesting when you talk about, like, People want guns for like robberies and stuff like that, and maybe the robber has a gun. But if you have a gun and you pull that gun out against the robber, someone's dying. Yeah. If you have no gun, you're just getting robbed. But if you have a gun too, then someone's getting shot, and you yeah. kind of have to trust your instincts. So, yeah, yeah. also got to think about that. And my other my other big point is like, you know, what type of just average guy who owns a gun is actually going to be proficient in the heat of the moment? Yeah. In under duress of essentially combat, like unlikely. Yeah. I mean, that's why that's why innocent bystanders. Most people that's can't shoot a jumper with a hand in their face. <laughs> <laughs> you, you included. <laughs> we see you over there. <laughs> the last time we played basketball, I no, 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 no. As teammates, oh. I was firing threes, and you decided at game point that you needed to get involved. <laughs> well, I gave us the other sixteen and buckets. And we lost. No, you the didn't. Last two. No, you didn't. No. I was I was like prime game six Clay Thompson. You had your chance. You, you no, no, he's you lying. Shoot you had no, your I'm chance. Not. You had your chance to end the game. Ball came back to me. I had my chance. You had another. With the expectation, I was going to get it back. Two, no, you, no, you had your chance. You had your final shot. You had your one shining moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he missed. So the ball came back to me. It's my turn. It's not your turn. Let Junior have some fun. You go back to, Let you, Junior have some fun. You go man. back to the gunslinger. Nah. You were hot. You were cold at that point. I had already hit a couple you shots. Lost, you lost that little takeover circle you had. One that shot does gone. not define my, my heat. Define the game, man. We lost because of you. Once again, you guys are the best, man. All the best podcast about Ben Pink. Uh, we have a, a legend who has retired, man. Nick Saban, of course, that's the uh, big, huge news now that's uh, going over in sports. Nick Saban has decided to retire after all of his success. What are, what are we talking, five, six, six, six championships? Six, six or seven championships. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. At least yeah, six, ton. I believe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a ton of titles. Man. Does it, did this surprise you? I mean, he's what, I think 72 it's, it surprised me that, like, it just happened today. Like, it caught me off guard. Yeah. But, like, big picture, long view, it's like, where do you go from here if you're him? Yeah. You know, there's no question that, that Georgia 
is the preeminent college football power. And they've had the better Alabama for the last couple of years. I mean, notwithstanding this one game this year. And trajectory-wise, they're ahead. And so if you're saving, you look at this and go, I don't have many years left to do this. Can I catch and pass Georgia? Probably not. So if I can't do that, why am I doing this mm. at 72 years old yeah. with six titles and whatever? You know, I can retire. I can whatever, you know, dabble with the TV, spend more time at the lake house and, you know, maybe bang Miss Terry a few more times. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, what's your thing? I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, Tom Brady and Coach K, like they already did the work for their career. So you can kind of say like they could have retired at any point and legacy would have been intact. I guess it's unfortunate for him that he kind of retired when Alabama started really stuttering. And he really saw the flaws, but I mean, still a legend of the game. That's the go right there. Yeah, I, 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 I bet, I bet you he probably figured this year was going to be his last anyhow, and was hoping uh, to go out on top. You know what I mean? Don't we all? <laughs> and um, you know, you, you only go out. Guy, only guy that did it was Kevin Samuels. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> what about Big Peyton? Broncos championship, hey. <laughs> That was a different kind of joke. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that one. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. it G rated. <laughs> but, um, but you know, he, he leaves out on a Final Four appearance. You know, um, you fraudulent. Know, <laughs> oh, but uh, he he leaves with that, and, and and also he leaves the program in a very good space, though. So a, a lot of the talk is okay. Who is going to come in and take over? It's big shoes to fill. But it's not like they're going to have to reset this thing. They just kind of have to keep it going. Yeah, you, you, you're you in the ghost. You know, a lot of people say, I don't want to be the next guy to take over. I want to be the guy after the next guy. You know what I mean? But I disagree. I, I think the program is in a precarious place. Mm. I think you'll, you will probably see some, some measure of transfers out of this program. The reality is they don't have a quarterback of, of high caliber right now. Uh, they haven't developed one. And, you know, with all due disrespect, I mean, Mac Jones was the last guy that they had that was an NFL caliber guy. Yeah, you're right. He's a scrub. But, but um, they don't have the most important position in the game settled. They don't have a, an elite guy at that. And the rest of the parts are, are moving parts. And I think you'll have some transfers come out of this with the uncertainty of who's going to get the job and whatever. The other thing with Nick is that he is – not not by design, but he's run through staff quite a bit. Like he doesn't have like a head coach and waiting type guy on that staff. And so there's no obvious internal replacement at the moment. And you know who do you who do you get? I think you need, it's a, you need a state you need a statement because like you, you need do. a face. You need someone that still has that power and pull. Because I think it was a big thing in recruiting too. Like, I'm sure. And I, his I word, you know. I don't. I don't think you make a statement. I think you go a young, exciting, offensive minded coach. And I think you go that way. I think there's too but much pressure. That would be interesting, though. I think that's too. It's too much pressure on a big name coach on uh, coming in there. I I don't think that's the way they they, they should. Here's go. the thing. And I don't think that's the way Why? they should go. Huh? Why? Because if you go like uh just what's the, what's the guy's name that um who was an assistant there uh he 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 he, he um. You know, he jokes around a lot. He's cool with the Raptors. Kiffin? Yeah, Kiffin, like Lane. Like, if you – Lane is an established coach who's had some level of success in college football, and he was under Saban, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He so, you know, like, if, if, if he was to interview and get the job, it's too much pressure for him to replicate or 
or or win like ASAP behind behind Saban versus if you get a young a young coach who can whoever gets that job is going to get eaten if, alive. If I was a coach, I mean, if I was a football coach, I'd want it because if you're if you already have an established reputation, it, let's say let's take a guy like Dion, right? Yeah. If Dion goes to Alabama, the recruiting power, especially with the way the transfer portal works now, you could build a giant overnight to be competitive right away. I mean, the, with the way the transfer the money's still there, too. And, 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 and he brings his own quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, when you said the words, it clicked. That's probably the best hire they can make. But they, but Alabama wouldn't do that. Probably not. Because, I like that Lane Kiffin pick, though. When but, you really think about it, Lane Kiffin's you, not a bad pick. He's you, modern. You become he's Alabama modern, Sanders. He, Lane's <laughs> modern. He's, he's very good. But he's also a guy that I think is more comfortable outside the mainstream than to be that. I think he would suffer in that role. I think Dion is so big and confident in his own way, and he's in such a different lane that the recruiting would be great. He already, you already have players there, and he'd be one of the few guys that I don't think would buckle under the strain of being in that spot. No, yeah, I mean, if you're a big time coach, you want big time roles. Jobs, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the, and then what better job? You know how much recruiting you could do from Bama? To take but but it to the, the, top? the the thing is though, like, is like who else is in that list of candidates that would be a good fit? Yeah, they named uh, 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 one guy who could be a possible uh, replacement. I'm going to see if I can find it. But in the meantime, you know, um, I, I don't know as far as like um, in, in the conference, right? Georgia is the is is the lead dog, and Alabama just just defeated. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Georgia in the biggest game. Yeah. So that's so that's another reason why I I I feel that that he is leaving um the organization, if you will, in in a good spot. But do you think that a lot of the SEC teams have a sigh, a big sigh of relief after this? You know this. Yeah, this, it's this opportunity. Movement? You have to look at it as opportunity. Why wouldn't you? Um, you know, Nate, you know, Nick and the Alabama have been getting high-level recruits from the South for for years. They've been recruiting nationally for years. Now there's a little bobble at the very least. Like that's an opportunity. Like, you know, I'd I'd be looking at their guys out of the portal. I'd be feeling like, hey, we don't have to go against him anymore. Here are the five guys that they're saying now. In early the, names. Yeah, early names, but in order. This is for most possible to the least right so dan lanning is like uh the 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 leading favorite that's oregon's head coach or coach he's the he's the lead favorite to, to, to grab the job makes sense he's young he's he's aggressive he was with kirby mm -hmm. in georgia i don't know if he was with nick in alabama at all do you know i don't see that yeah. here oh oh uh yeah he does stem from the saving tree yes. right okay yes and that yeah man has uh okay then you have uh steve sarcasin from texas um, I I don't know if you leave. Uh, I don't know if you leave Texas for Alabama. Yeah, you you you, you think so? No, no. I I, oh, I, I, I would. They're going to the if, SEC too. If I'm comfortable, yeah. you're going to the same conference. Yeah, he's comfortable. Why? Why do? Yeah, that? you're going sense. to the same conference. You've already got two or three years of equity building mm -hmm. that and program. Why would you give Texas that? Texas is a strong. Absolutely, state's a big. Yeah, and they're arguably in a better <laughs> position with all these quarterbacks. Then you got Young Manning who hasn't even touched the field. Yeah, touched the field yet. Yeah. Uh, Mike Norvell. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't think you no, would. Man. I just don't think you don't think so. No, I don't. After Florida State gets snubbed in the, uh, you know, you're not going to get snubbed at Alabama. I think that fired him up. I think that fired Mike up. Okay. I don't think it's going to be a guy from a program that is there. It's going to be somebody that's 
has something on the cusp of trying to be there. That's why. It, that's it, why Oregon is that a makes good. Sense. Oregon, Oregon, and makes they're going to say, "Now I'm going to get that jump yeah, and just yeah, take yeah. myself to that yeah. position." That's that's why the Oregon. But coach someone makes who's sense. already right there, I don't see that. Yeah, Dabo is an interesting name. Well, he played at Alabama, yeah. but I I think he's old news. He's past his prime. I'm big on the Dabo's done. Dabo's done. Yeah, he I mean, we know Clemson is done, but it's Dabo. No, he had because he's Clemson. He was he was slow to react to the transfer portal. He was slow to react to the to the NIL situation. He was out, uh, off tone during the George Floyd protest stuff. He's not relevant. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah. He's, so he's the uh, exact opposite of Lane. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Uh, and then the last one is uh, Kalen, uh, Washington uh, head coach. Kalen DeBoer. Which also makes sense to your point as far as like. What is his cuff. background? I don't. Does he have any ties to the South? So let's see. He uh, coached Washington, 2003, um, 104 and 12 record. Uh, it doesn't say that he has any um, ties to the South here. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think you got to have some connection to the South to take that job. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because they they also want to feel pro, uh, you know, feel like if you get in there, you know your way around to try to pull exactly the, the recruiting yeah. ties. Yeah, recruiting but you can ties. get through your staff though as well. You can. Some guys get you it can. through the staff. They let, they let them recruit. But that like you're already stepping into a tough situation, and if you just if you're not that cultural fit either, you know, there's. Hey man, they'll I, eat you up. If I was Dion, I'd be like, well. No, nah, if I was Dion, <laughs> he, he can't right. do it again. He can't do it again. <laughs> he should do it. If I was Dion, why not? He gets to start the number one pick, man, at Alabama. Yeah. Come on, man. You get us a number one out of the NFL. Double back style? Yeah. Huh? First, first Jackson State, then yeah, Colorado that's, that's after all this talk. You, but no, that, no, forget it. Yeah, if you yeah. think Dion's in this, if for anything other than Dion and his kids, you're a fool. Yeah, you're a fool. Yeah. If this is the best opportunity, he's going. He's going. I mean, he's not on the And list, really, but. it almost works for both. Yeah. Because he'll come there with all of his cachet. They'll recruit well. They'll, they'll, they bring a quarterback. Even if he's there one or two years and leaves, here's the benefit of that. Now you can kind of bring somebody in, and you're not bringing him in under the shadow of Nick. You're bringing him after the circus of Dion, and that's an easier fit. Yeah, but I just you, I can't basically see. Sacrifices you can't see Alabama. Yeah, yeah, Alabama is like program. a conservative. They're not. I, I, you know, I don't see them going out uh, uh, out of the box here, man. Like yeah. they're looking. The next coach they're looking to hire. Ideally, they're looking like okay, we need the next twenty years here. We need mm-hmm. another. You know, uh, stability. They're, you know, that, that, you know. I, I see a lot of New England Patriots in there, and maybe because the Saban came in and stabilized. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're doing Aflac commercials together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, I don't know, that's just Dion, what I where see. Where did Dion play again? Uh, what's FSU? 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 Come on. You know that, bro? No, I knew uh, that. Okay. Really. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, but he has the connections, you know, in the region. You yeah, know, he's so. from Florida. Yeah, yeah come on. Yeah. He will recruit. Also. He's going to recruit anyway. Goals. Yeah. And he would do well at Alabama. I just don't know, to his point again, can you leave again? Yes. Why not? <laughs> this is, this is, like seriously, yeah, this why is, not? He really hasn't even done much at Colorado yet. I, I think get he needs it. one more year to prove. If I'm Alabama, there's nothing else to prove. Like you're. What you mean? They're four and seven. What you're hiring is the Dion Circus. That's what you're hiring. Yeah. You're not hiring a guy to be anywhere for 20 years. That's not the hire. I don't think Alabama is a team to take a chance on that. For sure. No. I think like uh, Florida, FSU, My, I would, USC. I would say that it will, like that, it will uh, be it will teams. be to their detriment if they don't. Mm. It'll be to their detriment. Nah, that's a that's a. You're that's not a replacing. That's, that's, yeah, you're not. I mean, culturally, look, they had Nick Saban and Lane Bryant. They've been that kind of. I think they're Lane the type Bryant. of. Or who's Isn't the? Isn't that a female clothing maker? <laughs> <laughs> 
who's the, who's the coach uh, that was at Bama Bear as a statue? Bear 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 yeah. I was talking about his sister. You was close. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about his sister. <laughs> but I think they're the type to actually consider character when they're hiring somebody. So I think that's going to be yeah, something on the character. character. Guy? No, but like they want to. They want to. Dern instead of goddamn. They want someone like Nick. Man. <laughs> if that they want to say big C. I don't know what is. They want stability. <laughs> I don't, they're probably I, not going to get it, though. Like I think they're fooling themselves. I don't know if Alabama wants Lil Beasy on the sideline, man, after, yeah. after <laughs> they go 3-0. It'd be know? such a switch. But, <laughs> you know. but we'll, 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 we'll see, man. That's interesting, man. That's uh, the, the the huge news there, and we'll, we'll see where they go next. We don't have any issues, do we? Oh, okay, all right, all right. I got to make sure. Sometimes I have the mic on mute for an hour, and then uh... <laughs> <laughs> Consummate professional. Yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's for sure. All right, so uh, yeah, so from 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 one coach and and, and recruiting processes to another, um, I I I know you guys most recently. Uh, Pink was telling me you guys was sc- scouting some players, maybe. You said that pro combine together. Oh, oh yeah, 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 really, yeah. I mean, you were more scouting, but we well, were now, taking what, a look. Well, what that kind of did was Bryce and I were talking, and and it was like the, the idea of like, well, when you go to like a combine for players, like, what are you looking for? What do you yeah, what type of attributes are you looking at a person? Is it physical talents? Is it skills? Is it characters? Is it some combination thereof? Or what do you see? Because obviously if you're looking at a player, you, you want to project forward. Mm-hmm. What can this person become? Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah. so what are you looking at in a setting that, that locks in and says, oh, I kind of like that guy. I think he might have something a little special. And, and before, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but, and before you go, state who you are. I know you've been on the show before, but state who you are and what you do. Um, my name we is, didn't do that uh, off the top. Uh, my name is Darnell Bernier. Uh, I'm a coach of, and owner of a club, soccer club in Gainesville, Florida. I've uh, been coaching for around 14 years and helped some guys turn professional and get them to college ranks. And, uh, you know, I enjoy what I do. Why are you talking like you're introducing like the quiet storm romance? <laughs> <laughs> this, that's going to be his Tinder intro. Right? <laughs> I got to make that account. You got to make that account. I think I had three. Ladies, you're going to get Carpal Tunnel swiping right on his Put on his voice for that one. Damn. Uh, but I mean, to kind of preface that whole combine thing, I mean, the first thing to understand is that's kind of like a totally American concept. Like, that doesn't really happen in Europe. Like, these sort of, like, bring random players together, just play this kind of 11v11 and kind of, like, see what happens. So it was really chaotic. And I think that's kind of like, when I was coming to watching that, I was sort of just, I was disappointed a little bit because I didn't know what to expect in a sort of a combine situation. But as he kind of explains, you're kind of just looking for those flashes of ability of like what they could possibly do mm. and like you're not looking for the whole product you're not looking for them to have like a 90 percent pass completion but you're looking for these moments that like okay that would work at any level what he just did there and you kind of want to collect those moments before you kind of make the kind of decision i mean you don't really know too much about character and stuff it's a new group of guys you know chemistry is really off a lot of guys are trying to do their own thing to say that you're a little disappointed though what were you expecting when you showed up I just thought the game itself would be a little bit more organized. Like, it kind of felt like a lot of the play was rushed. So, like, you didn't see a lot of just ball possession and, like, true movement. It really was kind of like hero ball to a degree. It was better than hero ball. But and this hero ball is in, like, guys are trying to make the play, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, the game wasn't as structured as you'd like to see. So it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of open spaces. So, like, it's kind of hard to tell, like, is this what the game really looks like if I put that player in this game? But... As I said, he kind of like put it into a frame of reference for me to kind of start to look for the right things. Was it was it was it easy for you to see like um, 
athletes separate themselves like the better athletes separate themselves from other athletes just speaking from um athletic standpoint mm, not really it was a pretty even like athletic speaking it was pretty even oh, okay. like a lot of these guys were all playing at the high college level or they played at the USL championship okay. MLS level so everyone kind of had a, a good resume so these guys are at the same level physically and also technically um but yeah just so you guys know what this combine was it was a lot of uh like I said, like a lot of former professionals or guys working for contracts or guys playing at sort of like bigger ACC schools and also some guys like Darnell had a few players um, and some smaller schools as well. But it was a high level for the U.S. speaking. For when I'm looking at those the combine headed guys who are currently in this MLS draft from like UVA, yeah. stuff like that. So they had some big time guys there. Clemson, who just won the national title. They probably had about 10 Clemson players out there. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was that kind of level. But when, I, when I'm looking at those things, most of the time at those levels, it's not going to be physical attributes that separate you. Because, like he's saying, most of the players there, if you got invited there, you're good physically and you're good technically, good enough to play at a good level. The difference is it's your brain, meaning the consistency of your decision. So when I'm at those things, I'm not looking for team structural things. I'm looking for the guy who has the physical tools, but then the mental uh, understanding of the game that I could see that his individual decisions that he's making will work in a good team structure and does he have physical tools to impose in the position that he's playing so that's what I'm looking for so you kind of got to zone out from a team structural way because there's going to be open spaces of course because it's a combine so there's not defensive team concepts and all these things like that what you have to look for as a player what kind of decisions is he's making most of the time, it's the brain that separates the players when you get to the highest level. Whenever you see a guy is physically uh, dominant, with the exception of a few players like a Kylian Mbappe or something like that, but most guys, are he's in the French League, which is you know very good physically, and he could still kind of separate himself, right? So, But there's very few characters like that. So most of the time, what you're looking for is the decisions of the players, meaning even a winger, when do they take the guy on, how, what what moves are they trying to make to create their opportunities, then you could kind of see this guy's consistent in his approach and his ideas. Because most players, what separates the pro from the amateur or the good level pro is the consistency of their brain, meaning do they see the game in a consistent pattern mm. or is it kind of scattered brain? And so you'll see guys with talent, but they're scattered in their thoughts. So they cannot really get to their ability, even though they have the ability to be impactful, especially when at those kind of combines. Because you'll see a lot of players who have flashy moments. But what you're looking for is, as a scout, uh, there was this guy, Jorge Avialli, scouted for a lot of people in Europe and the U.S., and he always told me a lot of scouts get caught in the moment. And that's what a lot of people do. So they'll see a player, he does something, and that moment they're reliving in their mind every time the guy touches the ball, whether he really does anything or not, because he had a great moment. What you're looking for is the consistency of the player. And so that's basically how you determine who's the best player out there. And so the problem with that, to one thing that you said over the weekend at Disney is like mm -hmm. when Hugo made that one play where he dribbled and then the rest of the game he was looking for that same exact play, yeah. that's kind of the problem with picking players based on them doing a moment because mm -hmm. then they're kind of obsessed with looking for that play in that circumstance, like dribbling through a couple of players every single time, and that doesn't translate to a team, team structure, even though it worked once when you maybe saw them. But if that's kind of their habit, to look for these kinds of plays and not also consider the best time to turn around or just play the ball, keep the moving, switching, then you think you have a player and he doesn't really well, fit. Well, that's why I said as a scout, that's why I said you can't get caught in the moment. Yeah, exactly. right. You have to see what they're actually doing throughout the consistency of the game because right. all those players who get to that level, they're going to be able to create a moment or exactly. something in the game. Right. 
but what but yeah, then, but then he's speaking to is like somebody does that moment, and it's almost like a childish reaction. If a little toddler does something and everybody laughs in the room, they're going to keep doing that until exactly. everyone's sick of it. And it's like almost the same mentality of a kid as a player. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, I, I this is my thing. I mm-hmm. you know, I, I whatever, I do this move and and whatever. But yeah, no, I I get that. That makes a lot of sense. But it's hard though because you have to balance that with the fact that like like you don't always get a lot of touches in those combines you know so like there is a pressure to like make something happen and and be sort of irrational but and it's unfair because Mm -hmm. there there were some players there especially i think daniel was a player that Mm kind of got didn't they didn't give him the ball as much as he probably could to Mm -hmm. show what he could do because he was better than a lot of those guys like Mm -hmm. some of those other guys but you know that's kind of the nature of the combine and that's also why it's not super common anywhere else in the world yeah i don't think in to his point i don't think if i'm doing something i'm not gonna run a combine per se because I just don't think it's an effective way to uh, you know really choose you know the best of players you know what I mean because you have to pull them out of their environments where they're in their structure because it just makes the most sense now if you have a professional environment it's just better to invite guys into your professional environment to see how they do within your structure if you think they're talented enough in their environment but, instead of randomly putting so a bunch it's kind of like together. I've I, I've got a team I've got a structure I'm intrigued by that player mm-hmm. I'm gonna get more out of inviting him to train with my team for a couple sessions than I will watching him for two yeah. days hundred percent a hundred percent a hundred percent because you're putting them with random players that are all fighting for this one or two slots that they may select from so even though the quality is really good you could have a you know he's not going to be able to display the way he would unless you just play him in your environment. So I think you would save a lot of time and even money than just saying, hey, instead of me flying all these guys out to this thing, just you know, select a couple guys, bring them in. Even if you give them three training sessions or four, you'll be able to see within a week's time, you'll run through enough players to see who really makes sense to keep them along rather than looking at a 22, 23 players. No, that's true. Yeah. Going, going back just a, 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 a little bit before when you talked about in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But I wonder how hard is that for a scout not to be in a moment when a guy really makes a wild play? And it's, it's funny because I know you're saying you're looking for consist- consistency, mm-hmm. how often they make, um, you know, the right play and the great plays and things of that nature. But if they just make that one wild play that kind of maybe would indicate there's some freak of athletic nature or something like that. Like, I I, I remember, uh, and that goes across sports, right? Because I remember I talked about this on the show about a month ago, how the 76ers owner forced us to draft a um, a, a guy he saw in a, in a workout, pre-draft workout. This guy just did a between-the-legs dunk, and he's like, that's who we drafted. And that was it, right? <laughs> that was the owner who said that? The owner, yeah, the owner. We we had um, um, we had to set out to draft Michael Bridges. Yeah. And we um, did draft him. And we did draft him. him. But in the pre-draft workout, we had this other guy who came in, just did a between-the-legs dunk. And, we, we, you know, that's the guy he really wanted. So he forced to trade Markel and this guy. And this guy is not even in the league anymore. But He's not even that, playing overseas. That, that like, affirms what these two guys I know, are I know, saying. I know, like, I know. But how hard is it, yeah. I guess, is what I'm saying, to go, to go away from that if a guy really makes that one wild play. It's easy because that's why if you're a really good scout, you understand the difference. If you notice, you said an owner did that. Yeah, yeah. And the issue was when the owner made that decision, I guarantee if you ask most of those scouts, they didn't agree with him. But he's the owner. So it's yeah, his yeah. money. It's his team. He makes it. <laughs> decision yeah but if you ask most of those scouts they could tell the difference between this character and that character so a lot of the time like i said if you are less intellectual about the game you get caught even in that combine the day before remember i was showing you that young haitian kid he was born 04 
his name, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but, you know, he's talented. And inside that play, he had the most electrifying play that I saw in the event where he was trapped in the corner by the cor- of the end line. He did a bicycle kick from the ground up, flicked the ball up, did a bike, put it in, and the UVA guy who just got drafted that same weekend scored a header. I mean, by far, oh, where man. I was sitting with some of the scouts, and they said, what is that? I mean, it was something <laughs> electrifying, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was probably the youngest kid at the combine. But then at the same time, his first five to six touches, he lost the ball, right? So he was inconsistent, though he had that amazing flash. Yeah. So if you're naive, you could see that moment and see a couple other good plays he makes and say, this kid is the kid. But if you understand more, you'll understand that uh, some guy who didn't have that necessarily phenomenal moment of the weekend was still doing a lot more in the game than him. You see what I mean? Yeah. So when you start to see that now, if I'm scouting and I see a kid who's that young at the event doing that, I'm going to say – that and he did have some other moments. I'm gonna say if you could clean his game up, depending how much he wants to learn and listen, then you have you have something there, yeah. because he's able to. He's so young and he's able to produce these kind of moments because he had more than just that moment that I'm speaking of. That there's something there, but you got to see how much does he want to learn and clean up those older five or six possessions that he's just losing on trying to be to do too much. You see what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So you have to weigh everything according to age trajectory of what you feel the player's ability so you can't go crazy and say well because he lost the ball too much I don't want to take this kid even though he shows some flashes because you also have to consider how old is he what's his experience level compared to the other players and if they were as young as him because that kid is straight out of Haiti right mm-hmm. and he's only having a Haiti Caribbean experience compared to these guys who've been playing at UVA at Clemson and all that playing more mature soccer mm-hmm. so they're going to make smarter decisions than him doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be better than him in two years if you gave him what those kids have. You see what I'm telling you? Yeah, exactly. So you got to be exactly. smart enough to weigh all the equations yeah. inside of that. It's funny, when we when we, uh, when we had the GM5 combine, and the way I went into that, they did some drills at this combine, and then they broke into teams, kind of like, not like I mean, any other combine, the guys were just kind of put together randomly mm-hmm. and whatever. I was looking for guys that, it kind of consists of what you're saying, a guy that, that got players that are just naturally involved in the game and have an impact, mm-hmm. and then what decisions are they making? Is their only decision to shoot and to score, or are they making other decisions mm-hmm. to maybe pass, to maybe, you know, get a hold of the ball when it's, their team seems like, they're a little out of control in France. And, and it's like, yeah. like which player out of this five-man unit does the game just sort of gravitate to? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was what I was kind of looking for. And then once I identify that player or two players in each group, then I start to kind of mentally compare those, you mm-hmm. know, the attributes of those guys versus each other. Or if, like, the next cycle of scrimmage pits one against the other, mm-hmm. now I get a nice little comparison I mean, in like, direct competition. Um, the other side to what he's saying also is, and I think it's a little bit different when you talk about soccer compared to maybe basketball when you talk about first round, second round draft picks, is like the other thing you have to consider when a lot of these guys in the MLS are looking for players in the draft from college, they're not looking for a, a guy that's going to start. So they do take tend to take, mm-hmm. and I think also you have to consider that a lot of scouts aren't very good in the United States, so they do get caught up in the woo-wah. But they're also not looking hey, for listen, I, I didn't say that. All the scouts out there. That came through proxy. That came through proxy. All the scouts out there. I did not say you feel that. Don't attach me to his no, You feel this European <laughs> arrogance just. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how you said that. I yes. called that out right oh, away yes, when he came to me. Yes. I was like, dude, yes. hey, you sound too caught up in the woo wah. But they're not looking for a guy to come in and be a starter or a contributor. They're looking for a guy, okay, maybe in the 1% that this guy might be a roster spot. But likelihood is they're going to cut most of these guys and they'll be playing the USO Championship before preseason ends. 
You know, so they're not necessarily looking for a guy to make an impact. Not as quick with the MLS Next Pro League. Yeah, not, that's different. Not as that's quick. Different. But not before, quick. before the MLS Next, I agree it was kind of like, okay, we'll give you a chance two weeks. If you're not that guy, we'll yeah. see. With the, ne- the, with the Next Pro League, which is kind of like the D League, but it's taken more seriously. Okay. Because the D League is like, no one yeah. really takes that that seriously. But this yeah, is more, cons- I would consider it closer to minor league baseball, where guys okay. are really coming it's out like of It's like a that. funnel. And yeah. like 17, 18, 19. Year, are the kids playing in this league? No, 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 no. Well, there's older, there's older, no, but way a lot of the homegrowns go there. Yeah, the first, home, the, the homegrowns go there, but there's way far less homegrowns than what you're thinking. For real? Oh, okay, no, yeah. way more, way I've more. I've only seen like two teams. No, play. I mean, every next pro team, if you really look at it, I mean, they carry about probably nine professional contracts, mm. and then the rest of them are guys trying to play onto that, and mm. then they drop first team guys down. Yeah. So you may only have like two academy kids that are even touching that team. You see what I mean? Jesus, and then yeah. the rest of them are first team guys that they drop down, yeah. and then the other guys that they sign pro. That, that's closer to the modern G League. Because okay. there's. Is it G uh, League, the D League now? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Because, okay. yeah, like, basically, even the first round picks from this most recent draft, mm-hmm. something like 18 of the 30 have played G League games this year. Okay. And, and so you do have the drop down guys. They do have two way guys, which are guys that are under a preferred contract that can play, like, a certain limited amount of games with the main team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they play the majority of their games down there, and there's you know there are guys that are just kind of like the young ignite team, which is kind of almost high school age guys or immediate post high school guys that are deemed to be kind of draftable material. They mm. put them together and assemble them into a team mm-hmm. and have them compete. So it's it's not as far as From I think that maybe model. you had yeah that model yeah but similarities. Most yeah. of the kids next pro, I mean most of the kids in MLS next, which is just the academy. They're going to college. You know what I mean? That's what's happening to them. The next pro is still built for college draftees and built for first-team guys that are not getting minutes, and they're dropping down, and then they have the in-between kids that are just signed pro. But it's not like that. Yeah, but Especially the way he made it seem. It seemed like it's very, very hard to, to, to make it. So where, how are these guys making it to the top level? For, to the first the draft? Very few. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, like it's a really small percentage. I think there was even someone was telling me that there's so, only one guy from the USL Championship, which is the second division, that went to the MLS in the last year. Yeah. So there's a complete that's, that's, disconnect yeah, between. Well, what the, the, I think you got to start with the premise that college soccer is not really a first team professional pathway. Okay. That's that's not a route that you're going to go. It like could be. Like be ten but it, but if you compare it to what we see in football and basketball, sure, yeah, it's, it's not similar. No, at it's all. not. No, it's not. It's it's, not. it's really it's almost not. like an alternative pathway to first team pro level play, as opposed to you know what, what you see in the Mo- football most, and college. Right? Most guys that are going to get first team MLS contracts are coming from overseas, or you know that's the majority of it. Because, you know, they want proven players that they know they could plug them in and play or guys who already have established, who broke through the draft, got into the MLS and have established MLS careers. But it's like if you look at Inter-Miami, for example, right? You're in a hotbed like South Florida and you have two kids uh, that they have from South Florida that they're putting them in with the first team and they're having them play. And then everyone else after that is Messi and his friends and some other guys around <laughs> that. You know what I mean? That's the truth. He, yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like Giannis. Yeah. He just, he cares he's just calling his friends <laughs> in out of retirement. Every news cycle, they bring in a new friend. Yeah, yeah. that's basically yeah. it. So if you're on Messi's contact list, you have a shot to play in Miami. <laughs> but if you're not, you know, and that's every team. Same thing with Orla- even in Orlando City. 
you don't see a bunch of homegrown kids playing on those teams. You're not going to see those things. And the crazy thing, if you look, I mean, if you look at what an athletic hotbed Miami and South Florida is, like across the board, yeah. And and th- there's an MLS team right there that's literally not benefiting or doing anything with that. So that's telling you, and that's even collegiately. You know what I mean? Like FIU has a good team. You don't see kids from FIU, but they'll get to maybe the next pro, some of the top ones. You know that could happen to their B team, but to get to get to that first team, it's another animal. And as it should be, because the world's competitive, but you just need to know what you're up against. It's a real deal thing that mm-hmm. you're up against. It's not easy to have guys, even to break on the next pro teams. It's not easy because even if you look at the next pro teams, they're signing guys. I have a couple of guys on those levels, and they're signing guys even from overseas. Some who played at PSG, some who played at Barcelona B teams, and they're bringing them over to play on the reserve team. Even Orlando City has some guys who played in good levels in Brazil that are on their yeah, B team. Sure. Wow. That are on their B team, not even their first team. Exactly. So it's, it's that competitive to try to get in. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Where yeah. you want to go from here, Prince? Uh, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, when you were talking about the the, the younger guy in that uh, that was that had the amazing touch out of the corner, mm-hmm. and uh, so forth. When when you're looking at a guy like that, and, and you're looking at a player, and you see some talent, as a coach, as a successful coach, like how much confidence do you have in your ability to to look at a guy who's a little raw and, and feel like you could make the difference with that player? Oh, I think it's big. I think that to go into what you're saying is, you know, my club in itself is a small club, right? And we work with some kids, uh, some college kids, and then some uh, other kids that we bring in, and they're able to make an impact and play against professional teams in the United States. Like we played Inter-Miami, we tied them, we played Houston Dynamo, we tied them, we beat next academy team. So, you know, my that's my job is to be able to look at a guy, see him and see what other people don't see. And because most of the players that I'm working with, even though people could say that they're talented players, but the majority of them, they wouldn't be in my program if they were able just to be selected. So their reason they're even with me is because they're looking for a pathway. They're looking for an opportunity. So f- to go to what Brian's talking about is I have to be able to see that player and see that he can do that if he learns these things or if he's just put in a consistent structured environment and given the information. One of the kids that we have that's playing professional uh, right now was a reserve right back for a U-17 team that is not uh, a projected team to even make the World Cup. Mm. So let alone this kid is playing as a six now on a team that won the next pro national championship, right? is showing that I have to have the ability to see somebody and even move them positions and say, this is what you're going to be able to make your bread in. And they're able to do it. So that's what I pride myself in. So, for example, that young kid that you're talking about at that thing, he's someone that if I'm a pro scout, I'm going to identify, not because he had those moments, but he had a bunch of other flashy moments that showed that, okay, if you could just clean his touch up, meaning clean his thoughts up, not his touch, his thoughts then you have something. So the first thing I would do is want to identify his character to see who is he as a person. Is he an, is he an idiot? Meaning, is he stubborn and doesn't want to learn? We all know what an idiot is. <laughs> <laughs> or Mercifully, there's none of them here in the room. <laughs> or is he somebody... Especially since Ant left. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to clip that. Cut that out. Clip, clip. I couldn't resist that, man. Or is he somebody, you know, who has the potential to learn? Because I'm telling you, most of it is the brain thing once you get to that level. And that's a... Okay, so that, like, I look at players in basketball a mm-hmm. lot, and, and I dismiss guys all the time because I think they're idiots. Mm-hmm. And to me... 
I like I look sometimes like body language. I look at how oh, they yeah. carry themselves yeah, and and kind of like how they just interact. And I remember going to Coach K's clinic in mm-hmm. in in uh, at Duke when he was there back when JJ Redick was actually on the team at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing I remember he said kind of about recruiting from his perspective is he goes, "If we're looking at a kid." We know the ability's already there. So we never go to a game to look at whether or not he can play basketball. Mm-hmm. We're going there to look at what he does during a timeout, look at what he does mm-hmm. when a, he, a teammate makes a mistake, look at what he does when the coach is trying to talk to him, and then I'm gauging, okay, is this the type of person that we want in the Duke program? Because everybody in the top 50 can play. Now, what do you do to kind of assess whether somebody's an idiot or maybe something You, you know, it's funny. It's a lot of those things that you're talking about. Because yeah. when I first started uh, dabbling with some of these players, the first, the biggest difference was I was like, man, they're all so talented. And I thought, hey, I could just coach these kids and just take them to, you know, higher levels. And then the first thing I actually started to recognize was the things that Coach K is talking about because I'm sure he went through those experiences, which right away I said, who's actually going to clock the miles in? Who's going to run? Who's going to do these things? What is their personalities? What are their body languages? Because you could almost, if you could see the person, you could actually see the player. Because if, that, if, that, if you could see who that person is, then you could see what they're going to give for you on that field. I've always said, I've always said this. I said it during a banquet speech when I was at Oviedo. Mm-hmm. It, when you play pickup basketball with a person, mm-hmm. you see who they are. Yeah. As a person, like mm-hmm. I can figure out what you are off the court by how you function on the court. Yeah, I've been a big believer in that, and seldom wrong. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. if you could see that often, then you kind of know what you're dealing with. Because in all high level environments, there's going to be high degrees of stress. So if you're dealing with a player that has weak character, even though he's very talented, he's only going to be able to bring you so much in an aggressive environment because whoever you're playing against is going to have quality talent as well. Mm-hmm. So if that person is weak mentally meaning they only could give so much, then you're not going to be able – they're not going to bring you titles. They could maybe win you games and so on and so forth, but they can't give you what you're looking for, which is everyone coach wants to build Patriot dynasties and things like that, consistent products. So you're not going to gain consistency from a flaky character. That's not – it's just there's no way that's going to happen. Thus, you have never seen those kind of structures happen. I would take Guardiola, for example. If you look at the players that he picks up, there's no one in his top three outside of Holland that you look at and think, this guy's going to bag me over 20 in a season. Yeah. You don't think Foden's going to do that. You don't think Grealish is going to do that. You don't think Silva's going to do that. But then his team will lead in scoring in the mm-hmm. prep over guys. Liverpool will have to pick up guys who are projected to have 25 goals each, even to have guys on the bench like that. Yeah. And you look at him, he don't score them, but he has consistent characters who are going to follow a structure and an order. And that produces that. But then some of the other guys, you have a, some emotional characters for that level, and it still creates an inconsistency. So it's you have to be able to see the person when you're trying to identify somebody. So like you said, the, their behavioral habits will tell you a lot. Body language and everything, like you said, when they make mistakes. A lot of stuff he talks about, those are things that I look at. There's guys that I talk to them on the phone when they try to come into my program that I could already tell you what I'm dealing with as a player just from the phone call because I even asked him certain questions. Danny Ainge used to do that. I thought it was bullshit, the <laughs> the, the character testing yeah, at Boston. Yeah, 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 I yeah. said I was bullshit when I was about Bryson's age. I thought it was complete bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was complete bullshit. I was like, what yeah. stupid logic is that? Like he used to make them take some kind of character testing. I understand why. Mm. When I pick up certain kids, I'll ask them, why do you guys think uh, your environment's like that, right? 
Meaning like, the team that they're currently on? No, the let's say the country they come from. Country, Ask them okay, political oh, okay, questions. Okay. Not like whether well, who you vote for, but just political questions. Ask them societal stuff. I'll take them to places in the conversation. They don't even know why I'm taking them there. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking them there because the answers they give me, if I see mainly a lack of accountability, and everything is on something else, then I know who I'm dealing with. He wants yeah. Republicans. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some Republicans. How did you, uh, with all that yeah. analysis, how did, how did you get fleeced by this guy? I don't know. With all that analysis. I wasn't as wise. Then. <laughs> These are, this is years ago. I know you used to start talking about women on the phone. It's like, where are we going with this conversation? What <laughs> <laughs> is this supposed to mean? <laughs> No, that's really good stuff, man. From your perspective, because I, I think that this guy's probably the only coach you've ever respected in your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Well, I respect him the most, for sure. Yeah. Who but else? I think his Who best... else ranks? I, like, I can't even think about all that. But You're I not think... going to rank me? <laughs> Could we cut that one out? <laughs> Just relax, man. You're in a different bracket. You're pops. Oh. But I mean, I, I got to say, like, I think his best quality as a coach was definitely, like, how we got the the average guy on the team to be functional. And I think that was really key when we were we, when we were good back in the days because we did have some five or six quality players, but we started to get those other five to ten guys on the team to be functional and contributing and to do their role and to get the basic things done just so we could be a team. And I think that's like a lot of coaches in America, especially and probably all over the world, struggle with that, getting that mm-hmm. middle guy to be productive. Because you can always count on the, the top players, the attitude leaders, the mentality monsters to do their role but it's kind of getting those other guys to be functional within that system so that you can be successful and he did that really well you got a guys like Fregley Chris uh, Fregley yeah. he's throwing shots out there I don't know <laughs> <laughs> he's picking up some guys off I don't know but, but I'll tell you Gainesville, what man. you know when you when you are able to take uh, guys who are hyper talented and who don't come from structured environments mm. and trying to get them to become structured to now be able to compete against those who are born in structured environments, that is the biggest uh, challenge. Because when you're a player, when you're dealing with a Dennis Rodman character, so some of the players I deal with, I deal with a lot of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, they're, they're more, because Dennis Rodman wasn't a talented basketball player in terms of technically and all right, that. Right, right. But I'm dealing with a lot of wild characters because, uh, uh, you know, what I'm dealing with is guys who, they show signs of, you know, I have... Not in Mbappe, but for example, like I said, you could go to a combine and you take an 18-year-old kid out of Haiti who's not even on the radar of being on a on a first team in Haiti, right? Mm. And he's able to be talented enough to do flashes of things and score goals as a winger. So that's telling you that country has a lot, and he's doing this against MLS draft guys, Clemson guys, and all that stuff. So imagine, compare that in football terms. You take some 18-year-old kid out of somewhere and he could just play in a... NFL Combine versus all the FSU mm-hmm. and, all, and didn't look really good. So that's telling you against 22, 23-year-olds, that's telling you this kid is, you know, they have a lot of talent in that country. Yeah. But then at the same time, a lot of those kids, they'll think like Dennis Rodman, meaning like they're out of control yeah. because they come from a situation to where it's like that's the the modus operandum, like that's how we roll. Yeah. And so to get them to be structured and functional is even harder a than task. a player who knows he's not that good and knows that, you know what, I'm just happy to be next to some other players that are good and let me go for the ride. Yeah, what, what, if, what, what can I figure out to do to just make myself help? Oh, so, but when you yeah. have a guy who knows, like, you know, nah, I could play against, you know, if we're playing USA tomorrow, I could really play against those guys. And now you're trying to tell him, 
yeah, you can, but you don't know how to play like that, and you got to play like this. And he's looking at you like, who are you? <laughs> now, that's funny because if you can, if nah, you can, tra- if you can, if you contrast to like the Bryson era team, that was like they had like like good players at the front of the team, but the back end players, a lot of those guys, like their dads and parents were like literally like UF professors. Like these were super bright kids, and now you're talking about dudes who don't come from structure, yeah. and it's like going the complete other way. And, yeah. and you know, and what's crazy about them is they, you know. Um, their their ability they're hyper intelligent in a way because they're able to perform there was this one kid that we deal with and i remember the old the guy that i used to work i sound like jay-z now the guy that i used to work with (laughs) used to say used to say that that kid he was in a country where he wouldn't he was on the national team wouldn't go to training right wouldn't go to training and they still kept him around because they knew his ability was so high. Mm-hmm. Now, I would have never done that. Yeah, I just found another kid, right? But think about this. One day, the guy goes, you know what's crazy if you really look at it? How is this kid so freaking good and he barely practices? You see what I'm telling you? And this yeah. kid was able to come to the U.S. and I got him a professional contract in the MLS in one in a year and a couple months. Wow. And this was a kid that was known for in Haiti that – he would not show up to practice. You understand? Like for when, so when he got here, imagine what the habits I had to try to break into him. Yeah, yeah you see yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So all those kind of things like that is telling you like the genius of some of these kids because it's like you're like Mozart, dude. You you're not even. Yeah. You know what I'm no, saying? That is, no, that that is a crazy thing because because there's a con- like I mean the older I've gotten and the more like you really kind of understand like w- that work equates with results and you know we look at these like different NBA guys and high level guys and it's like so often the the ones that really distinguish themselves it's rooted in crazy work ethic and analysis mm-hmm. and stuff like that but then you kind of flash back and. Like, there are some people out there that it, there's a freakish genius to it. Yeah. yeah. That like, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah. or, or you know, you don't like to go to practice, but like, when did you get this good if Alan it wasn't Iverson. through practice? Yeah. 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 And, and, and they and yeah. they don't, and so you see scenarios like that. Now, and I'm not advocating that because I know in the end those things are kind of like a star. They flash and they'll burn. Mm -hmm. Most of the guys that have those steady careers, they have that Mamba mentality or just they're at least normal within their work ethic. But it's just trying to tell you, like, you know, what you could be dealing with. You could be dealing with a guy who doesn't even like to practice. But when you evaluate him, like, you have a high chance to be a professional if you just could become even 5% normal. You're more than likely (laughs) to break through the barrier because your talent is really that high. So, yeah. What it, like what sort of techniques do you use to to kind of bring some of these guys along? Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, yeah. What is your approach to it? You gotta you gotta get them. You gotta get to their personal life. You gotta you gotta see where they're coming from, and you gotta get them to understand and objectively look at their life. And so you gotta make them want to see more for themselves. You gotta make them see it because you cannot want it for them. So you could just mm-hmm. present them, but you got to get into their personal life, whether it's their family structure, the city they come from, the country. Because I'll deal with guys who come from war-torn cities politically to where they're doing documentaries on these cities, and they're coming from those environments, right? So there's a couple of kids that we've had that, you know, have full rides to private schools like Drexel, for example, and, you know, they didn't go to school for years. In, I'm talking about high school, formative years in the countries they come oh, from. Oh, wow. And they're holding, you know, right now, 3.8, 3.9 GPAs at Drexel, right? So these are kids that would have been thrown away in the country that they come from. Mm-hmm. And so right now we get there. But to d- get to those kids, it, it's a situation to where you got to make them, like I said, objectively see life. 
because there's a lot of ignorance surrounding them. That's why they're also behaving like that because they have not been made aware. But then at the same time, you have to, you know, they you have to make them see that they want something better for themselves. And that's really the only way I could put it. So each character is a little bit different. There's no coded like you just do this and they do that. But you have to hit them in different ways. So sometimes I'll side talk a player, meaning that I'll address something collectively about I had an incident, for example, of some players who did something they weren't supposed to do. But I use that as a moment to address another player that I needed to him to change his behavior. Right. So I spoke about I spoke to these other two guys about how disappointed I am in them and in a way that made them look like, you know, you got this guy to be doing this for your family. You know, I'm not your mother or your father, but, you know, where they're coming from, you know what they're living like. So you want to do something for their life and you got to be consistent. But really, while I'm saying that, I'm really talking to this guy. You know what I'm saying, dude? But I'm hitting these ones real hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I'm hitting them real hard because I know if I hit that one that hard, he's he's he's, he's too it. fragile yeah, psychologically, he so he can't take it. Yeah. So at that moment, I got to be clever enough to hit them really hard, but then I'm really hitting them so hard so he could feel it. <laughs> and I'm pulling him in as a captain of the group, meaning I need you to – I'm going to talk to these guys about what they just did, but I need you here so that, you know, you could confirm what I'm telling them. Yeah. But really, I'm hitting them with that. No, that's smooth. You see what I'm saying? So you got to get that deep with them psychologically because a lot of them, they're insecure. They come from that culture like he's talking about where they want to put their ego first. So you got to learn how to tap their ego without tapping them out because they'll also put you in a situation where I got got to just kick this guy off if you (laughs) challenge him too hard because he's going to want to challenge you. You see what I mean? It's going to clash. Yeah, it's going to clash. So you got to learn how to get them in different ways. No, that's for sure. That's a, that's a good point there. Once again, you guys are on the bench, on the bench podcast with Bubba and Pink, home of sports, music, and mayhem. All righty here. Uh, uh, really quick here, I want to give a quick shout-out uh, to one of our sponsors here, Royal13thebrand.com. Again, that is Royal13thebrand.com. Use promo code Bubba Pink and get all of your gear at a discount here as we're trying to rush this winter along. Winter, in quotes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's let's move along here. We're going to get into a um, start a bench segment with Coach Pink, and what we're going to do is uh, is give Pink. Uh, um, uh, we're going to talk about the trending topics that's happening in sports, music, and entertainment, and uh, give you guys a, a minute. Give all three of you guys just if you got a take on it or whatnot. We know Pink is going to have a take on it, or you can bench the topic. All right, that's how we're going to do it. All right, now let's go here. So where we at here? All right, um. Pink, let's start here. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to need glasses soon, man. I can't look at the screen anymore. I cannot wait to get my eye procedure on Friday. And I'm really close. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with... I'm uh, giving Stevie Wonder a run for his money. <laughs> let's go with uh, NFL playoffs. Start a bench. Start the playoffs. They're about to start in real life. They are. They are. Did you know that the Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins are playing on Saturday? But they're playing on Peacock. It's not going to be on cable television. Yeah, it's going to be on the app Peacock. Is this where sports is going? You got to, you, you, you need cable. You need apps. You need this. You need that. That's already where do you, it's going. Do, 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 do you like it? I, I don't like it. I, I almost want to go back to like one system of 
just charge me a thousand bucks a month and I'll as long as I can watch everything I want to watch y'all can fuck off um, no but this is the direction it's going because for all these apps to compete they need you know kind of like exclusive properties that they know have a huge audience yeah. and then they pull it onto the app only and it makes you get the subscription. I mean, I've been dealing with this for, for four or five years with soccer. Like, every, you know, each league in a different country and the Champions League, they're all on different apps. So I've already got them all. Right. You know, maybe newcomers like you will be struggling on Saturday to watch your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I, already got, I already got all the apps because if you want to watch the Prem or La Liga or any yeah, soccer yeah, things, yeah, you, you got to get the, the Soccer's been on that stuff. Who's the kind yeah. are you using? Huh? Who's the kind are you using? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I know you don't got Peacock. Stop. I got Peacock and I got, what's that other one? Uh, YouTube TV. Oh, no, you got yeah. the three month try. Yeah. No, it's your, I mean, sadly, if you're if you're already a, a soccer football fan, you're, you're already. You've been on So that. they're ahead yeah. of the curve. Nothing. Well, so, soccer's ahead of the I mean, ahead of the curve, maybe in their sense, they've, they've abused us for a couple of years already. <laughs> I think the NFL and them are probably trying to get more worldwide, and so they're probably moving in that direction, kind of, because soccer's yeah. been on that worldwide scale. So I yeah. think it's part of it. And they're playing more and more games overseas during the during the uh, NFL season. They're yeah, in Germany yeah. last two years, is it? Mm-hmm. And then and they had England, two games in Germany. Yeah, in England, I think they do. They've been in there for five or six years at least. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, that is a point there. Going moving from uh, network television cable tv and to to the apps make your game more visible to yeah. the entire world yeah almost potentially yeah. yeah yeah potentially yeah, yeah. okay yeah. all right all right all right uh well that doesn't make me as angry as i was before because <laughs> i can't just get somebody else's account <laughs> for now they're gonna, they're gonna get you on this. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. netflix is already cracking yeah, down exactly. so everybody else is gonna follow suit yeah all right um, to a topic I know is going to be dear to Pink's heart here, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, start a bench. Ah, uh, start Dunkin' Donuts. This is actually a national story, and when I looked it up, it's actually right here in Winter Park. It's a Dunkin' Donuts in Winter Park, but this was a national story that was, like, everywhere. I didn't know it at all. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, in Winter Park, Florida, Dunkin' Donut, a guy is, is suing, and he's actually, um, he's seeking a, 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 a six figures here because he went to use the bathroom and the toilet exploded on him. <laughs> and all type of human feces. Yahoo! <laughs> yes! And he was covered, fully, <laughs> fully covered in uh, another uh, human man's, feces. Another man's feces. And urine. And he's seeking bodily, uh, bodily damages here. Bodily injury damages? Bodily injury damages. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, why did, the, <laughs> why did the toilet explode? It's some type of uh, mechanical. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like failure. It's only ten minutes away. You can go investigate. He <laughs> <laughs> said, "Went apart." That's why I don't understand how a toilet explodes. That's pretty intriguing. I mean, like, did a pipe burst? And Probably I mean, so. usually yeah, I people know. go to the bathroom, they flush it, it goes out of sight. I mean, how far deep did this fucking explosion <laughs> of shit come from? And you remember I, that Key and Peele segment? Where does my Dookie yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, where does my yeah. <laughs> If the Dookie can get out of the hood, maybe we can too. <laughs> but that's pretty spectacular. I mean, I'm not sure you've suffered much of an injury in all seriousness. I mean, nothing a couple showers couldn't fix. Yeah, but I they, mean, you're not permanently maimed. That's they, pretty fucked. They're gonna have to pay me though. Yeah, yeah that's pretty fucked. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think, have some money. I, I don't think that's six figure damage, to be honest. What's your What's your number? <laughs> Maybe five or ten k. Okay, yeah, five or ten k. Dude, yourself. you just need a shower. Five or ten k. 
That's it. You, 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 what, what is he suing over? The, what is he gonna say? Damages from what? Like that's. that's I mean, what, that's. We're the, saying the, 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 they, they failed to maintain the premises by allowing this toilet to just spontaneously explode on him. Then his damage, like again, if you're just covered in shit for a period of time, like mm. that's not horrific damage. That's what I'm saying. So uh, what? Yeah, it's negligible to me. Yeah. It's five or ten k. Yeah, We're not, it's not six figures. I yeah. mean, like, you saw the kid that tried to sue FC Dallas. No, for what? Yes, for like a hundred or forty million or a hundred. But wait, 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 what was the He said that he was an academy product who was late to training, so he was forced to train with the younger kids. He ended up getting hurt in that session, tore his ACL. Parents tried to sue FC Dallas for, for like forty, 40 million. million or a hundred, saying his, pro- you know, what he could project. project right, right, right. Project. He That's lost crazy. the case miserably. He should, you would, yeah. because again, like an but ACL tear is, it's. Uh, it's all, I mean, it's almost an assumption of risk. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're playing a sport. There's a rate of injury to that sport. And as long as you're injured doing the sporting activity, there's nothing there. There's yeah. a liability waiver, too. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Too. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, you're not going to be able to successfully, like, waive liability if something ridiculous happened. Yeah. Like, like you're scrimmaging and some lo- lo- you know, groundskeeper guy, like, you know, backs a little tractor onto the field. You run into it, yeah, suspectively. Yeah, you know, signing a liability waiver is not protecting the club in that situation. But if you're hurt participating in a soccer activity, a training activity, yeah, there's nothing there. And the parents are trying to say, "Oh, it's because he yeah. played down." To you might. I mean, if it went the other that's way, the, that's no. That's I mean, the, yeah, if it went the other way, and you have like a ten-year-old and he's scrimmaging sixteen-year-olds, yeah, and and like the injury results from getting like trucked over by somebody. Maybe, but yeah. the other way doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. And he was late. They was said late he was training. late, so he got punished. And the punishment, and the punishment was punishment. training with the younger yeah. kids. Yeah. So yeah. they tried to just force the go issue. train with the toddlers. Yeah. yeah, you're late. I don't. I don't care. As soon as that evidence was introduced, Bubba's out. Zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's during his uh, recovery. He's gonna be like, damn. I should have been on time. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, he's not gonna be doing that. Yeah, I know, right? He's gonna, he's gonna have no accountability whatsoever. Let's go with college football. Start a bench. Well, it's over. Bench. <laughs> you want a bench? Yeah, I really. Don't you have. guys, you guys got to get over it, man. There's At no some get, point, no, there's no getting over. Gonna have to, life goes on, all right? Nah, it doesn't. Nah, I'm not getting over that. I mean, that's just a fucking injustice. You know, it sucks anyways, though. I mean, did, did that, the Jewish folks have to get over the Holocaust too, Bubba? They, yes. I'm, well, I don't. That's I come on, man. No We're not Jew trying talk. to get canceled, man. Yeah, no Jew. <laughs> no Jew. Thank you, man. Thank you. No Jew talk. Black folks have. Get over <laughs> no black talk either. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to uh, uh, um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Start a bench. Oh man, I hate this guy. <laughs> He's the most boring star in sports. Just is, but we'll we'll start him. He has a uh, uh, extension, max extension, man. Three years, a ton of money. Yeah. Do you think they should have done it? He'll be severely injured in thirty days. Yeah. <laughs> Clippers are crazy he for will. that one. Yeah, Clippers he are crazy for that one. His his health record is atrocious. He he won't make it to the playoffs healthy. He's been fairly healthy this year so. Right, far. right but what why? To get this extension. Mm. That's what it is. You think he's secretly a part of the get the bad crew? I, I know he's a part of the get the bad crew. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, fuck that dude. Because if he was really about playing, he would have been playing a whole lot more over the last four or five years. Mm. He's yeah. too comfortable being on injured reserve. That's there's there's a real thing with athletes. Like there's a real thing to where you know if you see a guy just as from speaking as a coach because I've dealt with that before. When you see a guy who's comfortably, who's comfortable not playing, but still getting the check, 
you need to know you need to drop that guy. It's a red flag. Yeah, it's yeah. a big red flag. Huge red flag. Yeah, big red flag. And yeah. you can't be dropping like franchise money on him. <laughs> no, no, that's true. I like that. I partially agree. I'm a Kawhi guy. I like Kawhi too. Yeah. So you like motherfuckers that sit out. <laughs> I didn't like Ben Simmons, plays, man. <laughs> okay. Um, let's let's go to um, let's go down here to uh, KD. Start the bench. KD, why not? Yeah, so uh, of course that the the big report came out last week. They was really frustrated with the team, possibly seeking trades. Uh, but even though Phoenix is struggling, he's saying that he's he, he's not looking for a trade or anything. Should KD look for a trade now that Phoenix is sputtering? And um, you know, KD should fire himself as his own personal general manager because he's done a horrible job since leaving Golden State. It's never been his move to express that he's unhappy. So he kind of just lets things fester, and then I think he pushes for the move behind the scenes. If I'm KD, that team's not going anywhere, so I might as well move. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, basketball, short career, or relatively short, go to where, you know, you can maximize your dollar and maximize your visibility in the championship. Why play on a losing team? Doesn't make sense if you're the star. So you're not an old school guy. Stick mm-hmm. it out. Stick it out with your team. He already lost that when he left OKC, though. Yeah, I know. He might as well just start, ch- <laughs> he might as well just start chasing her I mean, at this point. At I mean, this point. I never believed in that because the owners, you know, I I mean, I played sports, so you got to know that. Did you? Relatively. <laughs> relatively. Relatively. You got to know that, you know, when you get deep into it, you know, the owners are real, man. Like Just like you give me the draft story. Yeah, yeah. So owners are real. So when you start getting it's hard for me to be a – a team guy because you understand that behind the team meaning what's being played on the field there's so much behind that so once you start to understand that you got to think about yourself when it comes to like especially once you get into that professional realm I could see it on the amateur level depending on what the program's providing for you but when you get into that professional world, it's doggy dog. Like, you know, that's like the back the backboard thing. What's that guy that put it off the backboard and grabbed his own rebound? You know what I'm talking about. He did couple. that to get his stats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had his stats. He needed yeah, an extra yeah, yeah. rebound for a triple Now, double. that's disgusting behavior. Yeah. But to me, it's reflective of what – there's there's coaches that have pulled guys off from getting yards to make sure they don't hit AB, their thing. So, yeah, yeah, so when yeah. you start to understand that that's what they're dabbling in, if you're if you're not aware, you could say that's disgusting. But once you're aware, he's just showing you like this is what it is, yeah, and yeah. this is what we're dealing with. So, yeah. it, you know, you got to understand that's the world you're in. Now, I I agree completely. I you're not rewarded for being loyal. Like you, as an athlete, you have an uncertain window of time to to play out your career, yeah. and every year that you spend in a period in, in a situation that that can't win, or is flawed, is a wasted year. And so, to me, you have to ruthlessly pursue, especially when you're a legitimate top-level guy, you have to ruthlessly pursue championship opportunities, winning opportunities. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, that's partly the reason why I say Embiid should go to Golden State and just say, fuck it. I agree. It's about time. Rack up some rings. It's about time. <laughs> All right, uh, Boosie, little Boosie, start a bench. Start him. Oh, damn. <laughs> I thought his ass was on the bench. Nah, let him talk. He's been starting was, every if week. It was, if it was Cardi B. <laughs> oh, my God. She'd be on he her does. back, on her knees, Boosie and on the bench. Yeah, Boosie has something. We talked every about week, him man. a lot of stuff. During, yeah, yeah, he's a lot of week. But this week, not, not too bad here. But he's saying that he feels like a failure because his kids do not live with him. 
but so not talking about Boosie in general, just talking about this as a general thought process. You know, if you have kids and 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 you end up moving on from the from the lady there, should you feel like a failure if the kids are living with the mom and not with you? That's what I kind of want to tap into. It, it will affect the relationship and access you have to your kids, and if you value that, then that's gonna that would be a loss. Like it, you know, I don't I don't know any other way to see that. Like you know, you can have situations where there's open access or whatever, but you know, the reality is if you know if it's not truly full access, it, it, it's not full access. Yeah. You know, and and there's situations that are outside your control in that situation environmental things that are outside your control and that would be a tough pill to swallow bryson your kids don't live with you do they can't find them i think i think it's all right though i think it's a it's a bit of a cultural thing too meaning that if um you come in from a male dominant society then if you if you have where's kids, that woman dominant side here or did you watch did you watch too much wonder woman well you know if you're a big if you, jonathan major you know what i'm saying yeah, okay yeah. so why wasn't he in the starter bitch yeah so, i'm right. if you if you see something to where you know if i have kids with somebody you know i would more than likely want to leave them with the mother now what brian's talking about access i would want access to see my children but in terms of them not necessarily living with me, then that depends. If I have a young woman, I don't, you know, she probably needs to be live with her mother. But I still have full access to, you know, help raise her. If I have a young man, I'd probably want him with me to make sure that I'm raising him in the ways that, you know. So I think it's relative to the scenario. But I don't know his personal situation right, 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 right. and his access. But I think it's relative to what you're talking about in terms of, you know, where do you know if them living with you a failure or not because i think it just depends on the sex and who you're dealing with oh that's a good point that's a good point all right the last two uh i'm just going to sum up here uh siakam wants a, a max contract i don't think he deserves one so he's trying to like they, toronto wants to trade him but he's putting out messages to other teams like hey i want a max so if you trade for me yeah, he's, he's not a max player yeah so it's like he, sacramento he, I mean, he's, he's not declining. even particularly close to that yeah but that's what yeah. he wants and uh I, I don't know i don't know if he's that, i i what I don't like about the NBA money structure is with the cap and with that that situation with the maxes and so forth, it, it flattens the top and there's no differentiation. There's no differentiation. And so, like, right? you know, you could have a guy like, you know, Giannis or Embiid or Jokic or whatever, like, legitimately. Tobias makes the same amount of money as Luka Doncic, and that is fucking insane. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like those guys and throw Luka and the guys I just mentioned, you can almost justify paying them just about anything. <laughs> and, and that would make good financial sense. But the in the current structure, you have a situation where a Tobias Harris or perhaps somebody does pay Siakam that level of money that they're making the same as a player who genuinely moves the needle both on the court with performance but even commercial. Picture this. Jalen Brown is the <clears throat> highest paid player in NBA history right now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I like Jalen Brown as a player. He just he just signed. Like, yeah. and again, it's it, it becomes is a timing it circumstantial thing. Circumstantial, though. Circumstantial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he became eligible at this moment at to this sign moment. this contract, yeah, yeah. and you know the next time you know a player is. But that's the thing. The, the ceiling does kind of keep rising, but like it's kind of. Who's the first to be at the ceiling at the window Who's that it's the first rising? Good That's where he yeah. was. You know, yeah. you know, so the next time around it'll be you know, somebody else will be there and surpass that. That could go back to the Kawhi thing though. Because maybe in their circumstance they could say we don't really have somebody 
to pick up to make a make the franchise face according to their no, circumstance. No, so yeah, we gotta throw them this to money. That. It's something to that. You know what I'm saying to you? That could be circumstance. And they're moving into a like a brand new stadium. They're gonna I, have something. I think that they're overreacting to a to a moment. And mm-hmm. right now they're having a good moment. They like are. they're all yeah. healthy. Mm-hmm. They're playing well. James Harden is integrated well and things are very good right now. And I think they're overreacting to that by throwing out an extension at this time. Mm-hmm. Like is there anything and I may, maybe I'm wrong, is there anything mechanically CBA wise that they have to do it right now or they can't do it or could they just wait till the season plays out and then make a decision but the summer? thing they, is, they, or... they could, but he'll be a, a unrestricted free agent. He right. could leave. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, like, I think that was the thinking. If he's healthy for one year, they're they're favorites to win a ring. So in those three years, it's a risk. Maybe he gets injured one of these. But the year that he's healthy, I think everyone kind of agrees Clippers make the run. But he's been there three or four years, and he hasn't been healthy yet. And this is the year it might happen, and you've got these other pieces. Play that out. Don't pay that out. You might not get the opportunity if you don't pay him now. Though. I this think is this the is the season. Make it happen now, or yeah. it ain't gonna I mean, happen. The, the Clippers are gonna He's be done for a while. Older. After this, the Clippers are done for a while. They're gonna I mean, be done. They're gonna, they're be, gonna be done well before this contract <laughs> extension ends. <laughs> Hell yes. He's getting older, dude. and He has a deplorable health record. Hold on, save. The, clip this take. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand on this all day. You're gonna die I'm on not it too. A I ain't gonna die on it. Let's see. His knees will die before I die. <laughs> Damn sure. Looking the, good the, this year. The 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 last one, the one you guys passed on. I just want to let you know what you guys passed on here is the uh, the college. So they're looking to um, create a new bowl. Uh, it's probably most likely going to happen. To where it's for the worst two teams in college football. It could be the Dunkin' Donuts feces bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Played it at Showalter Field in Winter Park. It is a stuff, man. The bowls. Yeah. It's just. It, the bowls it, are terrible. It's so watered down. It's so yeah. corny. I just, like that bowl, though. Just That'd play. be kind of funny. The, la- the, the two, two worst, worst teams. teams. That'd be kind of funny. It might and, be Because you don't want to lose that game, and you'll be the <laughs> worst team in college football, and you'll be highlighted. Like, right now, I have no idea who's the worst team in college football. And there's going to be no opt-outs. All those boys are playing that game. <laughs> They're probably, I mean, anybody that They're going to be ripping play, it wrong no, for that. No, one. no, no, because. <laughs> they get that one win in the season. You know no, what I mean? Like, guys, guys might opt out if they're trying to transfer to get to a halfway decent. Well, who's transferred from the worst school in college football? There's always a player or two that knows they can play at a better level, and yeah. they're just there by circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're talking about the. The bottom, bottom. <laughs> I, I don't know who, what two teams he's Yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to know. I know. See, right now we have no idea, but if they create this bowl game. Yeah, now we know. You're not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch, that's, but that, I want to notate it. That's Let's the point. It. Bubba just Let's wants to be an idle fanboy <laughs> with no skin in the game. I They'll mean, have okay. to add some stuff to it, though. They'll have to add some. Free beer. Like what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Free beer. I don't know. Free tequila, strippers, cocaine. <laughs> all the favorites. Now you're in the mode. Now you're thinking. <laughs> that's right. Uh, really quickly before we move to the uh, the NBA really quickly here. So I'm not the biggest soccer person, right? Uh, uh, big news. <laughs> but Pink put me on to a show, and I want I want to ask you guys how close is this to reality? Ted Lasso. Oh, I love how, that show. Did, huh? You watched it? No, no. I, I, I watched it for 15 minutes. Uh, you, you couldn't, you couldn't have. <laughs> no, it's too. It's too ignorant. <laughs> so it's it's so is it that far? Is it how close is it to reality? As far soccer as wise, <laughs> it's a joke. So, <laughs> soccer wise, it's a joke. What, what do you mean, like the actual playing? Oh, all of it, like yeah, anything yeah, yeah. soccer related. The notion that this American football coach in the Midwest can go do anything—it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Like you can't get stupider. <laughs> but the, the, but as a show. 
as a show, it's, it's just great. well written. Yeah. And, yeah. and like the, the way the storylines, the way they they, the they write things. I mean, the reality is like like I, I mean, it's like yes, the 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 milieu of the show is soccer, but it's like. I would watch a show of that writing in a bunch of other environments than yeah, that because true. of the way that story's told. Okay. You it know? feels like a, what's that show, like an office or kind of like a theme? Oh. Not the yeah, I'm not an office guy. I'm a huge office guy. Is it? See, is it but I feel like it's like a quiet humor like The Office. That's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's more subtle. subtle. Yeah. It's not, it's subtle. not yeah. 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 Which I prefer because it's like, what I don't like about the average sitcom is like, and I went to a recording of the Cosby show back in the day. Mm -hmm. Didn't get date rape though. Um, <laughs> but, Oh, you man. wouldn't know that. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't know that. Know. I was conscious the whole time. <laughs> and when I woke thing. up, my pants were still buttoning my ass. Button. He's careful. So, um, he's careful. <laughs> but no, but like, literally, literally same. though, like they, you, like something would happen. There'd be a punchline, and they'd literally have like an applause, applause. or laughing. That's corny as fuck to me. And most yeah. sitcoms are. That's kind of the way they mm -hmm. go. But lasso, you watch that show, and it's just like you know. A lot of dumb people miss the jokes. Like they don't even get that it's a comedy. Probably, yeah. They're just watching, thinking they're watching like a real show. Yeah, about it, soccer. You, you know? know, actually, American coaches complained about that show. You know, oh, yeah. they said it makes <laughs> Jesse them, March. Right? They said it makes them look stupid. Yeah, yeah. Jesse March said people, that. Yeah, people will call them. Oh, Ted that's, Lasso. A, that's a that's a that's, that's a, a label. that's even the play on it. The play mm. on it is no, about. Like, yeah, it was ahead, literally, yeah, it was literally a guy. There was a guy, Jesse March, American guy. He's probably the only coach. That's had like any degree of success overseas in like a European league. Has he? A little bit. He was okay in the Austrian league. Let me be careful. Like a little bit of success. Yeah. Like you know, but he he got a coaching job in England during the run of Ted Lasso, and like literally the press was referring to him as Ted Lasso. Oh wow! Yeah, you know. So you see, they don't like it because it it, it portrays a stereotype. Because see, American yeah. players and coaches feel disrespected. Like remember when we talked about Bryson's European arrogance? <laughs> so they feel, like that's a real thing. Yeah, so when you no. go to Europe, they'll tell you about the levels. And I was actually discussing that with Bryson because I was like, look. You know, he's, he's living in Germany right now. And I agree that the overall level of football is higher. But there is a strong exaggeration. No different than the European player and South American player in the NBA. Mm. Meaning that stereotype like, oh, they can't really come in here and ball like that. Mm -hmm. And there's that thing to where, you know, a player is a player. So if the guy's a player, he's going to be a player no matter where he goes. And I think now the NBA is more open to that yeah. understanding. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, Ginobili and all those guys, that was like, oh, wow, they're right, from Argentina right. and they can yeah. play in the NBA. And Americans, what they're dealing with right now is that reality of where. But, you know, if you sit in Orlando, there's players here from the United States that are getting signed from Barcelona. Now, they're not coming out of the typical college pathway, but that's literally happening where kids are coming out of Mount Verde Academy and signing on to Barcelona. So there's players here and exactly. that's just a reality to it. So I think you just got to know where to find them and what are you looking at. And I think that's really it. Exactly. Exactly. But you, did you make it all the way through Ted Lasso? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Couldn't yeah, make man. it fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take that little arrogant coach hat off. And just, <laughs> no, just enjoy the show, man. Dude, that's the show legit, though. You can't. You have to separate yourself from the soccer. It's not a soccer. He's over there show. looking at the tactics and shit. Yeah, it's not even what's the, he doing there? Like, yeah, that's not gonna stupid, work. Lighten <laughs> yeah, up, man. That's when good. I started crying on the scene. One of his like assistants or something. I was like, what am I looking? at? <laughs> no, that's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. Um, it wasn't um, NBA, it was NFL because, like I said, we talked a little bit earlier about the Chiefs and and Dolphins. What is the 
What is the most anticipated game you're you're you're, you're thinking about watching this weekend here? Like, what, what's what, the most what, anticipated matchup? I mean, the two games, the two teams I enjoy the most, like are like the, the Dolphins Chiefs game. I like kind of latched on to the Dolphins. Early. Yeah, I, I enjoy Mike McDaniel, but they've I mean they've been softer than a baby's ass when it matters. So I I find it hard to believe that they'll win in Kansas City. But Kansas City, by the same token, has been pretty vulnerable most of the year. Yeah. So don't forget the Tua curse. What's cold the Tua curse? Cold weather. Tua can't. He's throw. terrible. I mean, I think Dolphins always lose games when it's. Is Tua freezing. a small hand guy? No idea. Okay. Yeah, no idea either. All right. But that 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 seems to trend. Yeah, for those quarterbacks there. Now, YouTube has been giving you some some shit now about the Texans. They dug up. This is the first. I think this is maybe the first time this even happened Me, to us. Me, the Texans. Yeah, this is the first time it's happened to us. What where did we say about the Texans? They drug up an old clip that we had. So oh. we talked about the pre-draft about um, C.J. Stroud. Yes. And you wasn't a C.J. Stroud. That's guy. right. That's right. And we <laughs> we had some people dug, dig dig that video up. I, I like forgot it. we had even did that. Clip. Oh, I know. I trashed C.J. Stroud. Yeah, you trashed him. And then they're like, oh, you know, look at you now. What, are, <laughs> what the fuck do you know? Why are you on the mic? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know that happens. We get stuff wrong, and you do whatever. But uh, but yeah, they're playing. They're playing the the, the Browns. Is that a game you're going to be interested? In? The Browns have caught on fire late, especially you know. I mean, here's the thing. Like most, I'll watch most of those games. Most of the games, yeah, I'm not yeah. like going to avoid a game. It's a playoff game. There's some significance yeah. to it. It's not college football. Um, you're not avoiding that. <laughs> it's right. I protested <laughs> against those fuckers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll watch that game. I've enjoyed the Joe Flacco story. Yeah, yeah. for real. So, you know, I'm actually going to root for the Browns to, to beat Ohio State. We want to see CJ Flacco Stroud. against the Ravens. Yeah. That was a little sour. Yeah. yeah. Flacco didn't really lose. I don't think Flacco really lost his job. What I think mean? I mean he lost his job, but I think he still had a couple of good years ahead of him. So I think he's a little he bit. He really salty. didn't flourish immediately after leaving, though. No, 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 but he he got injured both. Of, he got injured both those years. I'm pretty sure he hasn't had a full healthy season as a starter. What's the Flacco? That's story? what happens. You get old. Even soccer was going on with the Flacco story. Tell him about the yeah. Joe Flacco was the Ravens quarterback before Lamar. When he went with Lamar, they kind of pushed Joe out. He went to a couple other places, bounced around, and we, like got injured, didn't finish seasons. Mm. He was on the couch mm. doing nothing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the anal massage guy, mm-hmm. he got injured and had to leave, and they signed Flacco off his couch, and they've been like I think four or five and one, five and, one, and he's played great. It's not like he's managing mm-hmm. the team. Like statistically, he's throwing the ball downfield, you know, good in t- uh, touchdown interception ratio, been really really productive. And so, if they win their first round playoff game, they have a chance to play the Ravens, which would yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. you know an interesting dynamic. A huge story. Yeah. 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 Um, which I am definitely rooting for to happen. What happened to the Jags, man? Collapse, man. Just a collapse. Um, they they I think they were one in five down the stretch, and ironically, yeah. the only game they won was when Trevor didn't play. To me, I know they suffered uh, the Kirk injury, which is, was his favorite receiver, and that kind of str- struggled with them. But to me, Trevor was not good enough. Mm-mm. He was bad down the stretch. A lot of turnovers. Uh, I was arguing with my other son last night. You know, like the the first interception last game was one of the deflected balls, and somebody gets it, so you don't put it entirely on him. But the one late was was on him completely. And then even like the fourth down pass to keep the season alive, he didn't give that guy a chance to catch the ball. Yeah, you know, and they they didn't have a good line. There's a lot of built-in excuses, but when you're that guy, you got to do better. You I had a couple better. of dollars on a preseason bet that they'll make the playoffs, man. I think I felt think like Tre- a good Tre- bet for most of the year. Trevor owes me, I think. He does, man. Maybe yeah. he'll give you a lock of his hair. 
Everybody needs that that career arc. Cut his hair. I Might dude, I, I'm all next about year. that. It helped. It it helped. Uh, I think the best game this weekend is going to be that. that it helped. Eagle, it helped. It helped Trent at Liverpool. Mayfield, man. You think the Eagles Bucks is going to be the Eagles? It's an interesting game. They're such an unwatchable team now, yeah. uh, and they're so unrecognizable. They they really feel and probably smell like sour milk. Yeah, like I I think they're trash right now. If they were on the regular slate, I probably wouldn't watch. But they pushed it to Monday night, so you know what else is there to do? Yeah. Um, unless I have a tender girl come through, but um, <laughs> yeah, but so I, that, man. You I, need to get off that. <laughs> This is I did get off. I'm on Facebook dating now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, Eagles Bucks. I you know um, yeah the, the the defense is awful and Jalen has been off. I, I I would be shocked if they even beat the Bucks and the Bucks are like an average team. That you know? the, the the biggest I, I if you're an Eagles fan I do feel like you catch a little bit of a break because the Bucks aren't great. They're right, good. Right, 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 right. They're not right. on a, any special role per se. Right. But um, you know, so so even a even a battered Eagles team, I think, has a chance in this game. But I I think the Bucks will win. It's in Tampa Bay too. Yeah. So that's how yeah. they yeah, think. Fire we, the I cannons, think, baby. I think the Eagles are done. <laughs> um, you know, and back to uh, really quick here. Just I wanted to make a comment on my Chiefs there because I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. I I I, I do think that I know it's in the cold and I know we're at home, but that none of that stuff has mattered this year. Being at home hasn't mattered. We lost coming off a bye when Andy Reid never loses coming off a bye this year. Um, and we have the worst group of receivers that I've ever seen in my entire life on any team, on any organization. That's Pop Warner, college, anything. These guys are god-awful. All right? And, I, and, 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 you know, this year, if they were – if this team was any semblance of a good team, uh, especially the offense, I know the defense has been pretty good, you know, they will be talking – um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Three Peter, no, not three yeah. Peter. Uh, it's a back to back, but also, um, uh, the franchise, not a, uh, you know, the, the word, dynasty. The dynasty. dynasty. We, they would be talking dynasty for the Kansas City Chiefs. They would be talking, you know, Mahomes in a goat conversation. You know how they do, but instead, you know, everyone's talking about the Ravens and Browns even over Browns even over the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah there's it, there's it, no significant, no, there's no strong belief that they're making a run. I think even people regard Buffalo as a little dangerous. Yes, yeah. and they so are, they are, though, they are. yeah. Oh, for sure. That's an interesting game too. And, and so on one end, I think about that, but on the other end, I think about well, you know, every dynasty or you know, you think about the Patriots. They didn't win every year. They had off years. They had years well, they didn't win. And a lot of times when the they lost, lost, it was it was almost for the same reason, like. They'd get to the playoffs because that's what they did, and they would look bad. They would be exposed. Maybe they didn't have offensive weapons. They didn't yeah. have receivers, and you'd you know they they'd lose a game to a mediocre playoff team, and you'd feel like man, is this the end of the Patriots? I mean, how many times did it, you know there was probably three to four times when it felt like the end of the Patriots before it actually was the end of the Patriots. Yeah, and they went in with unbalanced rosters and and just couldn't get results. But I, I do think it's funny both Super Bowl teams from last year. Neither one's you know close to what they were last year going into the playoffs, but in a way they've both got relatively favorable first round matchups. Yeah, Miami in the cold, and Miami hasn't beat good teams, and then the Bucks you know being a good but not exceptional team. I'm uh, just kind of surprised KC never really got like they had a free agency to get a 
get a receiver, you know, a wide receiver one. And I think before the season, they should look at DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that. Yeah. Like that, get somebody. I mean, I could have seen that receiving core from the from day one and told you that ain't going to give you shit. Unless yeah. Patty Mahomes balls his ass off. But. Yeah, I think he, I think our GM, Veach, was being very stubborn. And um, just too much faith in Patty, I guess. No, I, I think yeah. there there was probably a certain arrogance to it I that as long is. as we got Pat and we got Kelsey, you know, we'll get a few guys to make a few catches. We okay, and then they weren't. And Kelsey is clearly not the yeah, same. He fell off. Yeah. He's he's he, he, he's the older guy, and that's going to happen when you play the ton of football. You get to the end of this year, and I don't know his exact contractual status, but like, is there a scenario where the Chiefs move on from Kelsey? No, not at all. Nah, he's a lifer. He's a lifer. Um, you just have to get more help at the re- on, on the receiver end. That's all. Um, okay, so that's that talk here. Now um, we're gonna we're gonna end the show here. I have about a ten minute thing I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna address there something from last week. You guys will stick around, or you guys do what you like, and then we're gonna end the show. All right? <laughs> I know it's only ten minutes, right? So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> ride it out. I guess you might get it interesting. Out. It might. I don't know. Uh, Is this uh, a rant? It's a uh, uh, it's a a ramp uh, a rant wrap up. Okay, rant wrap up. Okay. Yeah, it's a rant wrap up. So I did my rant last week. Okay, what are you ranting about? I forgot it was so unforgettable. <laughs> uh, about HBCU football. Oh and yes. Willie, Willie Simmons uh, leaving FAMU for a Duke, and uh, I received a ton. I mean, a ton of comments on social media and YouTube. And I want to appreciate you guys for checking the video out and having a healthy dialogue. And all of that good stuff, all right? Some of you guys were cussing me out and stuff like that. And that's cool, too. Right? But, uh, Not so but, healthy, but still cool. Yeah, but still cool. So, But but appreciate you guys on after dialogue. And, and, and I just want, I wanted to make myself uh, clear here on on what really, really is my gripe here with Willie leaving FAMU for Duke, okay? And, and, here, goes, and here goes my thing. So I understand what you guys are saying about the money, Okay. And I can even admit that I was a little uh, misleading and untruthful, not untruthful, but misleading about the contract he's receiving. Because, yes, he has a $1.5 million contract, but it is over five years that he was currently making at FAMU. OK. And yes, Duke Duke's offer is roughly about five hundred thousand a season, which, of course, if you do that out at FAM, that's three hundred thousand. Yeah. OK. Two hundred cases. Now. FAMU's alumni did raise about 200, a little bit more, 1,000 to match that offer, but it's only for one year, right? Okay. So who knows what year two, year three, year four is going to bring, okay? All right, so I understand that point. My my thing is, okay, number one, winning to any organization on any level, it brings more revenue, okay? So his, his contract is not a lifetime contract. Okay, so if he wins more, continues to win more at FAMU, he took over FAMU when they were the worst team in the conference, one of the worst teams in the conference. That's the he the one point five million dollar contract is off of that contract. If he continues to win and he won, then he won the conference. He won his bowl game, something that Deion Sanders didn't even do at Jackson State. If you continue to win at that level, more money is going to come. That's just how sports work, people. Okay, all right. That's my first point. My second, my my, my second point to that is. The reason, main reason why I want these guys to stay, I wish these guys would stay. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. These are guys who are great coaches, and they are great leaders of men. Not only are what they what they do for the students and the people who come to these HBCUs, these guys who come to HBCUs. Not only that point, but these guys could not even get interviews at these PWIs and these bigger colleges. 
people fail to forget, Deion Sanders did not just wake up one day and want to coach and went to Jackson State. He was begging for Florida State to fucking hire him as a head coach. He want, been wanted to coach, okay? And every big PWI, every big college in the world wouldn't even bring him in for an interview. There would be no Coach Prime if there wasn't for Jackson State, okay? There would be no Coach Prime at all. There would be no Willie Simmons if it wasn't for FAMU. There would be no Coach Jenkins if it wasn't for Bethune-Cookman. These guys are getting their start at these HBCUs. They're using us and throwing us away like a used tampon, okay? Not and, condom. <laughs> or condom. Okay. And I, I just don't use those. So I, I what, what, so my, 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 my thing is, Rightly it's like, so. <laughs> I understand, okay, they're doing the right thing for their family, but it's like, okay, I mean, what, you know, 50,000 is really going to make a difference. How many diapers can you buy with that? Okay. Like, can, can you make a difference in the community that gave you your start? Can you just finish it out? See it through. We're only asking for one or two more years. You know what I mean? You win one year, then you leave and take the, the, the big bag? Like, can you just see it through? You're getting the top players. You're getting top players to come to your to, to the team, okay? Like like I said, like my years during Bethune-Cookman, we beat two Division One schools. A lot of people are talking about, oh, yeah, what do you mean they can beat Duke? They can't beat Duke. What are you talking about? This is HBCU. They can't beat anybody. No, that's not true. When you get a good coach, a great coach to come in, and you're getting – like I said on the last show, Jackson State got the number one overall player in the entire nation. You get a couple more of those guys come in, and yes, you can compete with Duke. During my years at Bethune Cumming, we beat two Division One schools. We were the that those Division One schools were favored by like 50, 40 points, and we beat them in those games because we had a great coach who who bought in a great mentality and bought in good players, transfer players, you know. But even before the transfer portal was even, you know, the the, the change and the big thing. So I just, I, I, my, I'm just disappointed because I wish those guys would stick it out and see the process through and see if we really can create an environment and a team that can compete with these top level D ones. That's the rap, the rant wrap up. Okay. Were All right. Comment on that. Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I think it's a lot of manage expectations though, meaning. You see what you said? You said Dion went for all these other jobs, and then it's like Jackson State was the one who took him in. So the thing is, I think sometimes we're looking at these cats as like one big monolith, like this guy's coming in here to revolutionize the HBCUs. And really he's just like, look, this is the job I could get, and I'm going to take this job no different than if some lower-end uh, school took him and he would just take it anyway. That's not an HBCU, just to say at least I get my foot in the door. So I think it's the expectations that we have on these guys that we're looking at them like you 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 are you have the capacity to do something big, but they don't have that mentality to do something big. He's not going to be loyal to Colorado State just like he wasn't loyal to uh, to Jackson State. That's why he should get that Alabama job. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the thing. But I think it's the the vision and the potential that we could see. There was someone that showed me back in the day. I was watching not even someone. It was a thirty for thirty. I was watching how some of these HBCUs used to be Duke and all them back in the day before they integrated the yeah, sports. Kicking ass. People yeah, don't even know about those stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's what even created the the integrational process to try mm -hmm. to include these guys in the sports and stuff like that. So when you start to see that, I think it's just if we change the – if we have to look at the individual to be like, what's your intention? Are you just here because this is the job you could get? 
are you really here to be like, no, I'm here for the long term to try to build something? And I think once they take those jobs, we're looking at them like this guy's here to build something. That's a, no, and, but that's that's a great point, and mm-hmm. you're 100% right. But we covered Jackson State Media Day, the Dion's like first time. Mm-hmm. All, the, all those guys, not just Dion. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say lie, but but they they put on the moniker like, yeah, we I I'm here. Because HBCU needed this help, and exactly. I, and and I I I'm here for the culture, and I'm here for this, and I'm here for that, and this, and that, and that's what he was really mm-hmm. championing. You remember that, Pink, right? Yeah, no, that's no. That's what I, his whole De- conference was Deon, about. Dion can't. But hide. it's not just him too. It's Dion can't stuff. hide from that because he, he that was a big part it's of his opening hard, stuff. Yeah. He, I mean, if if you know if people want to run back us on C.J. Stroud, they ought to run back Dion too. <laughs> um, but I, again, I I mean the Willie Simmons, I don't. I don't recall his open yeah, 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 press yeah. conferences yeah. or what he may or may not have said at that time, um, you know, as far as that goes. But yeah, I, if but again it, and again, it's is it lying? Is it not? Like whatever. Like any coach that takes a job in any setting is is going to come in and in, in those press conferences talk it up. I think so. That's This is vision. This is whatever. Yeah. And I mean, and that thing matters. And it's going to get people around. It's going to get yeah. The, 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 yeah, it's going to get yeah. the, the town. It's going to get them involved. For sure. Right? And that's, and that's yeah. the, that's the job. But a champion you know? like Dion coming back to coach HBCU, that's a big deal. It was, it was humongous. It's, it's, it's a big, it was it's a huge deal. Yeah. And I think some of those guys, they don't fit the calling of that job. Their persona fits it. Mm-hmm. But meaning what it would require to say, I'm going to turn down all this other stuff that could come if I start having success and say, this is what I'm going to be here for, to try to build it to what everybody obviously emotionally is hoping that he could do that. That's a big bill, meaning that he has to emotionally be invested in that. And yeah. I just don't think a lot of those guys are invested in that. I mean, to his credit, I don't think he's invested in Colorado State. That's just the guy who gave Colorado, him the job. Like, yeah, Colorado. So. Yeah. That's the that's who gave him the job. You know yeah. what I mean? And oh, that, yeah, he don't give two yeah. dudes. And that's no. why, I, I mean, overall, I like Deanna. Overall, I respect what he's done. But the cowboy had his bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> motherfucker ain't worth a cowboy. That's overkill. Like that. It's stupid. It's corny. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. He's, yeah. he's doing but that. he's going all, I mean, yeah, yeah, toes wherever in. he is. I guess he only eight toes in because that's all he's got. Yeah. But, if he was, you know, oh, man. If he was coaching in New Mexico, he would, you know. Somewhere. He'd, he'd be with the, you know. But to Bubba's point, it would be interesting to see what it looks like after year one and two. If they stick with it for like three, four years, you know, Dion was building some momentum. I don't think it was too crazy to think within two years if Dion stayed that they do play at a crazy level. Then they start playing D one teams consistently and beating them. Yeah, no, and that's, and why that, it's interesting that, to see where that's it goes. that's the tease that I think emotionally draws you uh-huh. into the story that like, hell, it's it's kinda possible. It's there's a pathway it to is, do it. It is if they all stay. Like if yeah. three, four coaches stay in this HBCU conference, I mean, yeah. what does that conference look like in yeah. five, ten years? That's it. Yeah. Man. yeah. That's they it. Should, they have to understand what, that because they're yeah. kind of showing it already. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, They're showing you with, like, one season what they can do. But I also, like, the, the other thing I will go back on the, on the Dion stuff is that, like, you know, as that, as that you know, the, the, the third Jackson State season evolved, like, you know, he's getting there and there, there's a lot of, like, infrastructure issues at the school that are rearing their head. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, he had the feud with the who's swack t- stuff like that. Yeah. And it was, there was a tide of sort of resentment against him. And it's, like, on some level, just as a human, if you're not built for that long-term thing, you know, you're going to hit those resistance points and those obstacles and be like, 
you know, why am I doing that? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I mean, I'm big enough at this point. Somebody, you know, I'm going to put my hat in the ring at a but PWI. Isn't that, black, isn't that, I don't even want to go like a general, but isn't that black people to a degree in all sorts of industries, you know, they start to show you that this is an independent thing. We can do this by ourselves. And then the first pushback comes or a little bit of this or the, the money looks better back in the traditional society and they jump ship before they start to see where this really fosters. I don't, it happens I don't, at all levels. I think, I, think, I think that's what's promoted. I don't think that's all necessarily true. Because it's like if you look at someone like um, what Nipsey was doing in his neighborhood, right? Yeah, he's a difference, but Jay-Z. Huh? Like, where did Jay-Z yeah, go Yeah, but that's, from that but that's also because the media chooses to promote what Jay-Z's yeah. doing compared to, like, Nipsey wasn't really glo- nationally known yeah. until he died. Yeah. And he was, but he was known in L.A. That's why he sold out the Staples Center in his funeral. But people knew what he was doing with the. They were selling tickets to the funeral. No, when I say sold oh, out, okay. meaning it was you know what it was I'm a saying. House. It was a packed house. I said, Bryson, you got to sell some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they didn't want to do that. They didn't I want boys to man kind of and amazing grace on the bagpipe. <laughs> so I just think you no, have to be built. Point. You have to be built to deal with that. I mean, me dealing in Haiti is real, but yeah. you don't hear no one's going to talk about what I'm doing in Haiti. Yeah. And you know maybe if I get popped, maybe I'll show up on some Gainesville news local. <laughs> but I mean, realistically, yeah. no one's talking local about local soccer coach. You know what I mean? And that's real. So the first thing you learn when you're really trying to do something, most of the time you're not going to be talked about. That's yeah, actually yeah. the truth. And you just have to be built to do it or not. And if you're not. You're really not going to be there. When everyone talked about he died in his neighborhood, I mean, most people die in their neighborhoods. I mean, where else would you want to die? In, you know, not your neighborhood? So it doesn't, you know, all that yeah. stuff like that. That's just kind of propaganda talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> where else do you want to die? <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> I was trying to think of some options yeah. myself. Like, what's I'm up? i die on the beach or something. Yeah, beach. I got shot in my neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> it's not that big. <laughs> 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 let, me, let me read some of these comments before we get off here. Uh, Kobe was saying that six figures ain't enough. That's for the, the, the guy who, who got the feces blown up on him at Dunkin' Donuts. Man, y'all you, you, you you think too much of yourselves. <laughs> Don't forget, you were shitting your pants at one point. Let me tell you something, man. I would have to change lawyers because <laughs> how you talking, I need yeah. I, yeah, I need more than six figures. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Just Black is saying, um, uh, he said the Dolphins have been struggling big games. And then he told me that misleading and lying is the same thing. (laughs) 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 He said more money won't inevitably come at these HBCUs. um, And uh, these HBCUs shouldn't have to raise money last minute. They should be raising money indefinitely. Uh, Yeah. That that is an interesting concept, though. Like, like, again, you, you said they hustled together. 200k like to keep it for one year yeah but it's like again if 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 the school financial community is seeing the rise of the program as it is like they, they should have been fundraising and but maximizing it was, it, dollars it was a it was a quicker it, like that's a, that's a one-year thing yeah 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 you know what i mean it wasn't um i mean i'm mean, don't get me wrong i know he was there for for four or five years but it was a really from being average to to a great team was like that. Yeah, happened quick. Yeah, you know, it happened I mean, a year before quick. they got smashed by Dion. Yeah, at yeah, Jackson yeah. State. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, you know, he was a great coach and he was doing. I guess you had to, the same way all college football coaches, you have to get your guys in. Yeah. you have to implement your system and all of this and that. But by the time he got it, he got it, man. And um, you know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like that point. Here's but a question. Some other good this points. is shifting gears, but I want to ask you. So, like, you know, you, you do your best to bring a, a team together and bring in a group of guys. Like, sometimes, though, you'll end up with a guy or two or whatever that's just not working out. Mm-hmm. Like, they just really don't fit the group of the culture. 
Um, sometimes though, that player is can be still significant enough that you still have to get something out of him. Mm-hmm. And like, what what are your thoughts on that, and how to deal with that and cope with that? You know, sometimes it just feels like you have to ride the thing out till a, till a proper breaking point when you can part ways with a guy I, and kind of rebuild it. Or do you have another take on that? No, I think the best way to deal with any situation is you got to evaluate. Meaning, if you need him, let's say for example, you have a superstar who you realize like culturally this guy's not good for my culture, but we do need him to try to compete this season. Yeah, and I'm already stuck with him. Yeah. So at that point, you just got to try to figure out enough mind games to keep them on track enough for you to keep your program productive enough to entice the other guys to replace them. And the minute you get a chance to pull that trigger, you do. You pull that trigger and you get rid of them. Yeah. But that's the only thing I could say. But there's times you have to deal with what they call the necessary evil. Meaning yeah. that you know what he is and you know this is not a long term solution, but I banked on this. This is the wrong decision. But I got to write it out now because if you tank the whole ship, then that replacement that you're trying to bring in to help keep your culture going or rebuild, you won't even be able to tempt that to bring it in because you just shattered the whole thing. So as a coach at that point, you got to just put your ego aside and realize I'm going to manage to deal with this player. But the minute I get to cut him, you know, then we're going to part ways. Now that, that's about the mentality I have. But yeah, it, sometimes it's frustrating because you're sitting there and you're like, God, I just want to get through this season. Oh, I've dealt with it, oh, dealt with it <laughs> yeah, several yeah. times. Several times. Several times. Yeah, and yeah. I had to learn to, you know, to just, you got to bite the bullet sometimes. That's why I said to hold that power, you got to be, you got to lower yourself to raise it. It's not a, like a punk mentality. It's just the mentality that you got to sometimes know that this is not time for me to shine. I got to just do this for the program and let this guy ride himself out. And then once I can, then I'll step up and take him down. Exactly, exactly. All right, but man. I feel well, like on HBCUs, though, because yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I feel heavily about that. Meaning, I feel that you know some of those guys need to step up and take that uh, chance to actually build something because they'll be more notable than if they're just trying to become Nick Saban, for example. If they're able to do that at an HBCU, then the career that it's going to take them to be Nick Saban they'll get to that legendary status a lot quicker yeah. if they did it there because that's something that has not been just done. Just hasn't been done. Yeah, yeah, so they could actually, you know, what they're trying to get short-term, if he actually takes the time to put that together, within a decade, he could already create a legendary career. That's unheard of. He could go down the history. Yeah, something, Bingo. something unprecedented. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's how you have to think. It's kind of like if you win the World Cup with France or Brazil, phenomenal. If you win the World Cup with Haiti, or if, you win, the, or if you yeah. win the Champions League with Porto. They, exactly. Yeah. You're the special one. There you go. You're the special one. That's my guy. Yeah. Netflix documentary coming out on him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dropping oh, soon. Really what do you feel happened to him, man? He fell off hard. He fell man. bad. He fell off hard. He started, for me, at Real Madrid, he brought the conflict into the locker room. Mm-hmm. In his heyday, he was masterful at protecting the locker room and creating the conflict outside. Mm-hmm. He'd provoke other coaches, other teams, officials. Everything was external. Mm-hmm. But then at Real Madrid, at somewhere along the way, he started to feud with personalities inside the locker room, mm-hmm. and he's never truly recovered from that. Yeah, that, that's you know that's a good point because he is never. I don't think he's been a contender in any Champions League or league title. Yeah, no. I think, remember or, Manchester's second place a while yeah, back? But those he had quiz. second. He, I think he won it with with the second shift in Chelsea, won the the EPL 
with Hazard and those guys one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That was pro. I mean, since Real Madrid, that was the one singular season, and then Manchester United had the second place in the Europa League title. But I think some of it's tactically, man. I think. Oh, I do. I, I think his tactically got the, stuck the, in the, the mud. Yeah, the game evolves. Yeah, it so got stuck in the mud. It's, for it's sure. like if Bryson came back and saw me running activities that I was running with him. It's, it's a failure. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be on top of it. And I think just like anything else, it, that's in any industry. I was listening to, you, you know Godfrey, man, that comedian? I know who he is, yeah, yeah. Godfrey? Yeah. 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 Like, funny cat. Yeah, very funny. I saw him twice in Orlando. Yeah. Well, once in Orlando, one in Tampa. He came to Eatonville one time, which is where I'm from, and did like yeah. this video. Yeah, he's funny Historical, guy. yeah. But he was talking about that, that a comedian, his intelligence will determine how relevant he stays. And a lot of times with people, you see it with coaches, they're going to get stuck in some kind of well, I used to win like this or win like yeah. that and they keep trying to reduplicate that right instead of evolving into no. what is now current no and well that's we kind of touch on that with with Dabo Sweeney in college football when mm -hmm. like he was slow to the transfer portal slow to accept on IL the guys that that adapted quickest to that environment you could go to college basketball when John Calipari adopted to the one and dones with AD and that first group of guys like you had or John Wall you John had a competitive Wall, advantage by diving into that quickly, yep. figuring it out and, and maximizing advantage, but you do, you do have to continue to evolve. That's why I'm really kind of skeptical and down on old people because it's <laughs> such a struggle for them to do that, mm -hmm. um, to keep the mind fresh and the ideas fresh. And is it an old thing? What's that? Is it an old thing? Because hmm. I, I think it's very difficult mm -hmm. for older people to do. It's a, high, a higher level of resistance to stay innovative at an older age, but there's certainly younger people that could get stuck. I always say this, you're genius, right? When people call people a genius, I found that to be not a necessarily overrated uh, saying because they are unique, but I think it's an overrated word, meaning that it's more what people are not capable of doing, which makes them so unique more than what they're actually doing. Because a lot of people, when you look at them, they're very mediocre because they have a hard time. If you look at Kobe's story, terrible at 12, 13, and then he's getting drafted at 17. at 17. So is that really because Kobe spent most sports athletes? If you're terrible at 12, 13, you're terrible forever. That's it. Yeah. So, but he discusses yeah. all well, the time. That was me. Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> I worked on my game. I did this and he attacked the right things and then he's able to get drafted by 17. Yeah. So is that really because Kobe's so special in terms of his, you know, ability? Or is it because a lot of people are just mediocre at what they're, even if they're talented, they're mediocre mentally? Okay, that's not where I thought you were going with that. But no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like, like the reality, I mean, if, if you look at the term extraordinary, mm -hmm. like, like it, it, you, you, it's, it's extraordinary. Like, you're, you're something, you're doing, you're doing <laughs> yeah. something, you know. You're, yeah. But again, yeah. like, the, the difference is not always tremendous mm -hmm. because there's you know there's a there's the mental side there's the physical side mm -hmm. and all that so it's like you, the differences are, are relatively subtle but when they play out they can become much bigger in that sense and the reason i brought that up because that's what i was saying even young people because you'll have a lot of uh young innovative people but at the same time there's a lot of young people that are just like i think it grows across the board young or old it's just are you that guy <laughs> or are you not that guy? And I don't think people really evolve into being that guy. I just think it's either are you that guy? Meaning, yes, you could be smarter. Because I feel like I've gotten better with age. Well, so I think I was not, always that but, guy. But you're not at the level of age that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I think when I just think it's a human thing. When people get to 60, 65, 70, and you're st you, you just 
the way you think, the way you, mm. well, your physical energy, your capabilities, your mind, it starts to erode. Pink's been I trying mean, to lower the age of the president for like a uh, hundred years now. Yeah. I, I think people, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer, people over 65 should not be holding high office. Mm. I don't care who you are, what party you're affili affiliated to. I mean, I talk to older people at work sometimes. Mm -hmm. My parents have aged. They're shells of their former selves. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and, and like it's unrealistic to believe that what, like that, you know, Joe Biden or one of these other guys is like capacity wise that much different than my dad. How long have I known you for? Uh, that's a tough question. Maybe 2000, what, 13, 12, maybe a decade. Close to a decade or maybe yeah. a decade, right? You've seen me decay. No, like no that, <laughs> well, that was going to be my point. The same, the person that I met when I met you, meaning you're on top of things and you're this and you're that, right? I have not seen that. I knew I had somebody that I knew that was a very intelligent person, did some time away. Let's just put it like that, <laughs> right? Did some time away enough to where when they were coming out, they were an old person, like senior citizen old. Right, 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 right. And they were on top of things as if they never went away. And yeah. I just think it's because it's either you're that guy or you're not that guy. I don't see you. I don't see that if I meet you in another 10 years. I don't, see, I don't see. I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I just don't, I see you be having the same conversations. But, but. And, I don't see and he'll being probably, that guy. He'll probably criticize me a lot. But I do a lot of like I stay intentionally active purposefully engaged in stuff so I don't do that you've always like, done that though that's true that's all I know that's all I know that's his point though but yeah but my you're point, the type of person who will always do that and there's people that are right. always even when they're 19 even they're just like but those 80. people and I number myself among them are exceptional <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the show, I here, don't man. Disagree. These people gotta get in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These people gotta <laughs> yeah, get in here, man. That, that was a little rap. Yeah, that was a good rap. Right? Appreciate, appreciate you guys. Bryson may have a future. He knows when to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch you guys next week on the bench. Man. Bryson does know when to wrap it up. I don't have any grandkids yet.